0: Aloha mai kakou, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Tales from the Tarot Patch. And I'm joined here today by by a very special guest. He's a fellow kanaka. We're like an endangered species, bro. So, you know, we're like super cool now. His name (laughs) is Pololu. And he's from Haiku, Maui. Oh, Maui. And yeah, I'll let him introduce himself.
1: Okay, well, Aloha kakou. My name is Paul Luna Nakanelua. I'm from Haiku Maui, raised in Wailua Nui. Uh, our patch kid trying to make it. That's all.
0: Yes. Uh, okay, I like that. So, you kind of answered the f- first part of the question, like where you're from, but how was it for you growing up?
1: Um, well, had Hawaiian Catholic parents and I grew up in a very traditional household. Um, I have an older sister. Grew up through the Hawaiian immersion program at and learned all of my Hawaiian stuff through there. And, you know, coupled with my great-grandma that was a Hawaiian tower patch farmer. Grew up in um, on the east end of Maui. Just that kind of country, Hawaiian kind of vibe. And I was also raised through the Halemua, the men's house. It was founded in anyone and for those of you who don't know what the Halemua is it's a old traditional way of raising men right so they separate the genders females <laughs> old people children they get sent to the Hale-pea with all the no- and you know like hawaiian men cannot teach hawaiian people how to be hawaiian people they can only teach you how to be hawaiian men there's different gender roles in our society and there's a, a different purpose for each person and that's how we chose to teach them how to do it and that's that's how I was raised. When I was about five or six years old, I was separated from you know the, the formal household. Once a week we'd have hui's with Hawaiian men from all over parts of society. We had judges, PhDs, cops, ex-felons, you know, all kinds of different Hawaiian men. And it was it was founded in a way to where you know post Hokulea and the anniversary of the overthrow in '93 um when being hawaiian started to be you know kind of attracting and appealing again and a lot of the the older generation you know like our dad guys they didn't really have like those those roots and the history in the background so yeah when kids start going to punanaleo and Puni and go dad how you taiwan model dad what is one emu dad what is this and Dad don't know? Yeah. That's what this particular group was started for, was to teach them the basics, give them a good foundation to, you know, be able to have those answers. Because there's no worse feeling when your kid comes up to you and you don't have the answers for them. Dad's supposed to know everything, right? So yeah. that's that's what that's what my father implemented for the men in his community, in his circle, in his peer group, to be able to have that resource.
0: So. Bro, that is freak. I didn't even know that about you. Can you, like, talk about some of, like the traditional ways or like traditional things you had to do growing up, bro. Like as a so, kid, some of the,
1: yeah, some of the, some of the rituals that, that come up is um one of the, one of the main ones. The first one is the Kaimua ceremony. Um, so let's talk about the malo a little bit. So do you know what, I'm, do you know what a malo is other than the, the cloth, I guess?
0: Well, I, I know it as the loincloth. Yeah. That's, okay. that's pretty so much it. Why,
1: so when you, for us, responsibility of a man is to care for his family and is to care for the village. Right? So all of that comes from the lajo, you know, your batteries, <laughs> batteries connecting to the flashlight. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when you, when you human Kamalo and you, you're, you're saying that you're embracing the responsibilities of manhood, it's time for being man now. And you know, in America, how we grew up, that's when you turn 18. That's what a man is, right? Mm. Um, the first tell sign when it's ready to, when the child is ready, take on all these things is, you know, when you, you know, when you, um, when you meet me, when you shishi shi, kids shoot straight up and down. It's in a line like this. <laughs> at a certain time when you, when your la is drop, it turns into an arc. Oh, and you, when you, that's the first sign because at that point in that child's life is when their brain kind of switches And that becomes the opportunity that they're going to hold on to and sponge everything. If you like learn one out of language, you like learn one discipline, whatever. Like that's the time that kids are most susceptible to learning stuff. Like swearing, like doing drugs, like reading. You know, like that's the time where they pick up on good and bad things. That's the first sign. The second sign is when they start driving everybody nuts. Because they don't have an outlet to go anywhere. So they're climbing trees, eating cat shit, you know. Pantsing their friends, like doing all kinds of dumb stuff because they don't have like anywhere to divert or just that energy on. So that's where you take them from the mom and you wean them off. And then you, um, what they do is they line you up in front of all the men and they, they state you, all your responsibilities and what you're ready to do. The challenge to become a man in society. They kick you in the back and they thrust you into the group of men and they accept you that way. That's the Ka'i ceremony. That's when a child becomes a man. Or is ready to take on that responsibility. Now, in that responsibility is the humei kamala. That's what I talked about earlier. Now, in Hawaiian traditions, we have Ku and hina, right? Man and woman. Yeah. Masculine and feminine. Not necessarily, like, what we know as today, as what gender roles are supposed to be. It's black and white. You either get one umeke, you get one puhi. You know, you, that's what it is. And... It made it work in a way with respect to Mahu. That's a totally different all subject, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he made it in a way to where we have different Kino Lao for different sides. So one of the main Kino Lao for Ku or Kane is the Ulu Tree. Yeah. I don't you know want you
0: know to tell them O'lelo about the
1: Ulu Tree real quick? You, if you want to handle it, we can. That's, I'm all good.
0: Oh. I, can, I can tell that. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. do like a little size version. Just run yeah. through it, fast. I like that story. I, oh. I love this side.
1: You know, rewind back, back rewind four score 2000 years ago, had Ku, had Hina, and he had his bunch of kids and had one famine and everything was dying. The animals was getting sick. They couldn't eat them. The, the crops. Wasn't growing. Everything was dead. Vavi. That's what we call that. So Ku decided to sacrifice himself No different from a certain, you know, religion that everyone follows sacrificed himself when he put his head in the ground and he buried himself and he said whatever comes out of this this is for my family this is for our people so hung upside down and the ulu came out the ulu right and in the ulu in that growth there's a natural steroid and there's a natural testosterone booster complex carbohydrate it oh. makes everything you know so that's why it's called ulu to grow
0: mean i
1: didn't even know that the- that is the responsibility that man took at that time. So when you look at when you look at the ulu tree, when the when the flower comes out, and there's a leaf that covers the the fruit when it buds. Yeah. That flower, it's called a malo.
0: Yeah.
1: You're covering the cool energy, right? And hume, when you cinch it together, you're telling everyone that you're ready to embrace the uh, responsibilities of manhood and what everything that entails. So that's one of the first things that I had to go through in the That was that was the very first one,
0: bro. That is super interesting stuff. And like, is this um, like this is on Maui?
1: Um, we have one. In, we have one on Maui. There is a guy named Poki'i. He runs a Hale on Oahu in Nanakuli. And there's another sub, that we have that's run by. Um, not under anybody specific, but Kamana Opono Crab is one of the heads. Um, you know, Moha.
0: Mm-hmm
1: <laughs> PhDs that are that are with him as well. Kavika Tengan, Dr. Kiabe Koholukula. You have a Master Kalai Moku, um, Kukona Lopes. There's there's a few uh Dr. Dex. I don't know if you've heard him. Dexter KL Moku is his name as well. Right. you've seen him on a lot of Aloha Aina stuff. And um, yeah, these are just some of the guys that, you know, that we affiliated with at that time. It's Oahu and, and Maui. I'm not sure if they still get together, but I know um, there is a Halemua in Nanakuli now. They call it the Halemua Okuli I think.
0: Oh, that is super interesting stuff, bro. So, like, you basically got kicked in the back in, into, like, a pit? Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. To the pit of the man.
0: How, that's, how that's old were you when this was happening? Six. Oh, okay, okay. Six. holy shit, bro. That's kind of nuts. So, like, how long um did you stay, like, it's not like a program, but, like, how long did you stay, like, doing that? Well, there's two
1: different seasons. So you know, instead of, you know, spring, summer, autumn, whatever, w- winter, we have two. There's a call of cool, which takes place in the beginning of summer and going into, the end of winter, I think. I forget the the solstice where it, the specific day it is. Mm. Then the, the other the other, rest of the year is the time to recoup. And it's the time of Lono. So we have our Veje. And we open up the season to coup, cool And that's when we work. Once a week, every Wednesday. And at the time, my dad was a fireman. So his schedule would switch. So one month, it would be Wednesday. When the next month comes, it would be on a Thursday. And... We'd do that all year round till Lono season came around. And then we did a punny. We'd rest for about two or three months before we start picking up again. I was doing that from when I was five years old or six years old all the way up until graduated high school. Even, even after college, we were still kind of meeting up. I stopped basically after I moved.
0: Oh, so you got to like basically start teaching younger kids then after you?
1: Um, I had a couple kids behind me. Yeah, um. My my dad started a nonprofit. He got a grant under um what he called the Kali'i Project under Kamehio Okahonu their their um LLC that they were running, and they had a program a three year grant that helped at risk youth you know want be gang members kids having kids drugged like almost in and out of juvie whatever youth challenge. They, had, they wanted to take the worst of the worst and some of the best of the best and everything in between. And just give them better opportunities. And through that, you know, some of them went to trade school. Some of them went to college. Some of them went to military. Like, there, it was a real good success for those kids at that time. And I was a part of, like... like I was kind of like the arc. Like mm. a game like big, a almost. Like, you show, hey, man, this shit works. So, if you do... if you, It was a lot of pressure, but, but also, like, it was normal to me at the same time. I didn't realize how isolated and, and like, different my life was in comparison to... You know, what these other kids are going through. So that was a real opportunity for me to get a little bit of, I guess, perspective. Mm. Grass is greener on the other side, but it's also shitty. So, you know, check your privilege. (laughs) And I had the opportunity to, you know, learn from a lot, a lot of older guys, a lot of, you know, kuwa ana. And then I could pass on some information to my kaina when they were open to it.
0: Bro, super cool stuff. So, like, what what schools did you go to growing up, other than like, like what DOE kind of schools did you go?
1: I went to I went to Leo. I was three and learned Hawaiian that way. Hawaiian was my first language because I was already speaking in the house with my grandmother. My sister was four years older than me, so she was already talking. My dad taught himself how to speak Hawaiian. My mom could understand; she wasn't fluent, but she enough to keep a conversation. So, Olalo lo Hawai'i was very prominent in my household from you know, from the gate then I got into Kayapuni and I went all the way up until Papa Lima, fifth grade. And then I got into Kamehameha from six to graduation. So, oh, okay. but I still kept that Lohona Hawaii and mooku like very much close to me. Like, yeah, yeah, it just let you know, a, lot of, a lot of people that leave Kayapuni kind of let that go and they just know how to speak. But the, I like guess the real root or the, it's the substance of everything that you learn gets kind of let go.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. So I was going to ask, um, you pretty much answered it. So Olalo Hawai'i is your first language. So like nowadays, do you f- feel that you like think in Olalo Hawai'i or more English? I definitely um, have learned to separate it. Mm. So when I
1: do Hawaiian things, I think Hawaiian. And yeah. I do Haole things, you know, when in Rome, you got to do as the Romans do. You cannot think like one Hawaiian. And succeed in an American aspect or perspective. That's not gonna work. You gotta be able to jump and switch and mend and blend, cause you know, you get kanaka Hawaiians, then you get Americans, then you get Heineken Hawaiians, Coconut Hawaiians, Wood Hawaiians, and you gotta like each mindset doesn't necessarily translate. People try to like conceptualize additional aspects of things in a modern way. And yeah. that's not always. It, it's. I'm not saying that it's not possible. It's definitely tradition does have room to innovate and play around with for sure. But certain things is, oh, already. It's it's done. Like you can't you can't play with that. People have been doing things for two thousand years and they found the way that it works. And there's no playing with it. People still try. But getting back to the original question, um, yes and no. Is the is the way I can answer that.
0: <laughs> okay, so. I'm sure you've seen um, floating around social media lately. There's like the people have been arguing about the origins of aloha. Mm. Coming from a first language speaker, what what is your mana'o? Like, is do you feel that the Oof. the separation alo and ha is um, more of a modern thing?
1: I mean, it can be. I mean, if you make it make sense, it makes sense to you if it makes sense to you, right? So you're talking about the word. or You're talking about the whole concept, because I got a whole load of stuff to throw up if you want to talk about the concept.
0: But uh, the word itself, in essence, I'm talking about the concept. But you, you know, I'm sure you've seen like the the stuff going uh, on, and, uh, and,
1: yeah. and all of that. Yeah. So, me, I'm gonna say no. I, I think that's on modern. I think that's on modern thing. Only because if you look at the individual word itself. Alo doesn't mean face. It, it's everything. It's with your eyes. It's with your mouth. It's with your nose. It's with your, this is your alo. This isn't your alo. The only reason, like I said, we have to conceptualize, yeah. Mm-hmm. When Americans came, and we had to talk about the face. This whole thing is my face looking at you. So you know, po ihuaha alo. That was the only Hawaiian equivalent to English that we had to translate at that time. So we're gonna say alo different from Akua. Akua doesn't mean God. It's way more of a broader perspective beyond your their comprehension. But if I'm writing a dictionary. I have to write something. So that's the closest thing that you can put to that. That's why I don't don't recognize alo and ha to be separated. Sometimes when you look at one Wampu'u one pu'u is one pu'u. There's really no way to to kind of describe it any any place else. It just one hill, you know. So I'm gonna say no. As far as the concept goes, this, this doesn't has anything to do with your question. This is just me going off here. Aloha is conditional. Me. Everyone says no matter what, rich, poor, bad, worse, no matter what anybody to, to you, bullshit. I call bullshit on that. Why? Because at that time, when aloha was aloha, right? everybody give to everybody with no expectation i give to you you give to me together we will be forever that's how aloha works because we're on an island have a finite amount of water a finite amount of resources a finite amount of food all of this finite amount of shit, right and we never had the mentality of owning something i'm gonna eat this this doesn't belong to me i'm gonna eat them gonna give me mana Aleppo and going back to the Aina, right? It doesn't, nothing is ever existing in one place at one time. It's, it circulates. And so we don't own anything. So when the Poehawle came over here and they started implementing owning stuff, putting fence lines and borders and pala pala and all of that, it gave us that we didn't know how to take, we just only knew how to share. Here, take my women. Here, take my land. Cause I'm not using that spot. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna come back to me anyway. Because The concept of it not coming back wasn't in their brains. That's not the that's not how our society worked. You had all of this shit figured out. And then you ins- you institutionalize everybody and brainwash them and telling them that this is the way, the great white way, right? Follow the great white god. Follow the great white right way. The great white everything screws everybody up because we're not fundamentally. Inst- Introduced to this kind of lifestyle. So it's really foreign. And so Aloha became unconditional because we didn't know how to live any other way. And that hurts us and holds us back. Because if you share everything you have and you're not getting anything on the back end, you're not going to have anything to share anymore. And who's at a loss? You. Now we got to start being selfish now because we're not getting anything anymore. That was the beginning of the infection. That's what we're trying to, I'm trying to decolonize all the time. You have to be careful. Aloha is conditional. Prove me wrong. It's going to hurt you. There's a time and place for Aloha. I'm not telling you to stop sharing and stop loving. I'm just telling you to be careful about it. That's what Aloha is to me.
0: Oh, that was Hamas. So like, how did you get into fighting? First of all, <laughs> second
1: grade. nah. <laughs> um, so getting into the fight scene, I was, I was beat up a lot as a kid, like getting ganged up on by fifth graders just for... I was small, but my mouth was big. It got me in trouble. One kid would give me action or whatever, and I'd light him up, and then I'd say, yeah, go tell your friends. And then he'd go tell his friends, <laughs> and then I'm in trouble. So I didn't really know how to defend myself properly. Or like be biting people and pulling out pencils, trying to stab people and throwing furniture across the classroom, you know, just throwing manic tantrums. And instead of the kid that's bullying me, that's twice my size, go in one corner and go learn how to be a better person. I had to learn how to react. That's not how we that's not how we do things for me. I don't care what anybody says, bro. If somebody hurt you, hurt them back worse and then you hurt them again. So they don't mess with you anymore. Everyone says that violence is never the answer are people that don't know how to fight i tell you that so anyway back to the point i'm projecting here <laughs> sorry um, i was getting beat up a lot at school i was getting freaking dunked in trash cans by janitors you know i was i was just getting thrown around a lot and then i was acting out well, my dad put me in the only martial arts school that was available to me and where i lived and it was a taekwondo school mm. my dad knew how to do some stuff but you know the relationship that me and my dad had i was a hard head kid like I, I never, wasn't teachable at that time. He couldn't teach me. Dad tell me do something. And my mom do tell me do something. It's a whole project. So all of a sudden you put me in one box with somebody in the front of a room. All of a sudden I can kind of understand it, especially when it's martial arts stuff. So he kind of walked me around this Aikido school. And i never like that. Too soft for me. Then I walk into the Taekwondo school and everyone's screaming and kicking and, ah, ah, you know, it's like, oh, this is exciting. lot of flashy stuff. And I got into that for a little while. Then started to use the Taekwondo in school and it wasn't working. Oh. I kept getting linked, So that never worked. And so at that time, um, a jiu-jitsu school opened up, Maui Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Haiku, run under a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. His name is Luis Heredia. He's a black belt under Hicks and Gracie. He opened up a school in Haiku. And my dad asked me, he said, do you want to keep doing this? And I'm like, no, I don't. I took a couple of years. I took a couple of years off, and then he walked me down this hallway. Maybe five minutes down the road from where I live. I used to ride my bike to practice all the time, and fell in love with jujitsu in 2007. I've been doing jiu-jitsu since I was 12. I wasn't good at it for a long time. I was catching cracks. Every la- the shittiest kid in the room was beating me up. I was not good. And you know, I still feel like I don't deserve the rank where I'm at now. But you know, that's arguable, right? But just loved it. I loved being in the room. I loved like the way that my mind worked. I wasn't good in school and just, I really cared about learning different things and how to use my body, the fitness aspect, the discipline that it gave me and just carry your body differently. And fast forward after that, I I, I wanted, I was kind of decent at, you know, the grappling and wrestling aspect. So kind of ventured into boxing, kickboxing and, I got into MMA later. It wasn't up until like December 2008. Where like, I saw this guy get flowers tattooed all over his legs. And he locks the lights out of this guy, Richie Hightower. I blew Mohawk. And after he knocked the guy out, he starts like celebrating, like doing like this half-assed, like his own rendition of what a Ami is. And I'm like, that's kind of Hawaiian. Like that. I didn't even know who BJ Penn was. I didn't know who Kendall Grove was. I didn't know who all these big names was. I didn't know shit about fighting. He was the first guy that I saw. And I was like, I think that guy Hawaiian dad." Like, I'm looking at him, he's, I'm like, Hawaiians can do this Like, you can be on TV and stuff. And he's like, yeah. But so that guy was Troy Mandalones. he's from Hilo. And that was the first guy I seen in the MMA scene. Then I started kind of getting into it. My dad would take me to the Rumble on the Rocks. I would watch guys like Eddie Joy and Dominic Ani, like Maui guys, like rising up in the ranks. Then I started getting into Kendall Grove and Brandon Vischer and all these big Maui names at that time. Nissen Osternek was in the UFC. He's from Kula. Um, I really, really started getting into like, hey, I want to do this shit. Like, let me like take this a little bit more seriously. And my first fight was in, um, I started going to school in Hilo. I was doing my fire science degree in that over there and started training at bj Penn's gym that was my first real mma like i'm gonna fight him that i trained that so that's how i got into it and it just kind of took off from there
0: hmm. solid that so did you win or lose that fight
1: oh, i lost it was one of my worst performances ever <laughs> it's still on youtube you can watch it i didn't know dick about shit when it <laughs> came to fight it was me and my boy austin block he was a state champ wrestler from kekaulike two my boys and um I would train with him and his girlfriend, Kian, my wrestling teammate from high school. And it was just us at the UH Hilo, like weightlifting health center. And that was our gym. We were training at for six months. And we, that was before I went to boss MMA. We were just mm-hmm. doing whatever the thought. And this one girl, Zina Kyoto, kind of doing off and on, but like not committed to a gym, kind of a thing. We were just two idiots with our thumbs up our asses, not knowing shit about anything. It was me and Austin. And then, I was training with this guy, Shaden Lealoha. He's from Pune. And we all wrestled with like their high school, going to practice over there, hitting the bag at the gym. And I didn't know anything about fighting. You know how guys warm up in the back? Mm. Like and this and that. And yeah. we didn't, I didn't do that. Like what I did for my warm up, stretched out for like maybe all of 10 minutes. I took two scoops of pre workout when they said my name and I walked out of there I had to shit my pants. It was insane. And I went crazy i was doing all inning shit like burning myself out like the sloppiest tower patch tornado you've ever seen it was so bad bro embarrassing everybody loved me that night I, well for the most part like all my friends that i knew that were there loved me But walking down they're calling my name i'm like walking into the ring and i just hear "I faggot and i'm just like oh like all right <laughs> like that's that's what this life is okay yeah Go through the- i'm fighting this uncle he's all of what 29 30 maybe at the time i'm freaking baby 18 oh. baby face yet like i still have hair like I was, a, I was a young boy and i didn't know shit from my ass and it was it was fun you know and in those moments like you get hit in the head and every in front of all your friends and family and the lights is beaming and the music is booming and people trying shit at you you it, you go through one of two things. It's, I don't want to do this anymore. Or, I really, really want to do this. Me, being the crackhead, crazy, whatever, ADHD, Menehune that I was at that time. I really, really liked it. And I wanted to keep doing it. So, learned a lot from there. And it just, we, I'm like the slowest learner possible. Like, you got to teach me the same thing. The lessons get harder and harder and harder each time. And. That's basically been my entire career so far. It's been lessons like that. Damn. Um, that was my that was my first fight, my first experience. I lost that one.
0: Did yeah. you walk out with the the mahi ole?
1: I didn't. I didn't have the mahi ole up until 2019. This this guy Lokela made
0: Yeah, I followed that guy on Instagram. He's big time.
1: Yeah, he's big time. He um So all of my male Hawaii, it it's not mine that I bought or that like had to myself and their family heirlooms or anything like that the only thing i had was my model and as i grew as a fighter throughout my career found myself growing as a kanaka as well you know i had the same goal but it kept getting more refined and sharpened and sanded down and and more like pinpointed as i grew so as i grew as a fighter i grew as a kanaka as well i started reading more i started thinking in my house when i'm by myself talking to myself in hawaiian um, talking to my dad as in as a you know as a as a mu'o in the hale mua and him being the aloha, I got to actually learn from him instead of him being my dad, he was like more of my teacher with that kind of stuff at that point. Started to learn how to network and shoot out my Ave Ave Aloha to anybody that knows anything and just kind of take on to everything that I have to just make my brain a little bit more expansive as far as like you gonna be this Kanaka thing. Somebody's gonna ask you these questions and you don't know. Like, I don't wanna ever be in that position. Ever when I don't know, I'm I'm always the first to admit it and I'm always open to learning. Yeah. Because if I don't know something, I wanna know something. Yeah. I've had a lot of influential Kanaka in my life, and you know, guys like Lokela, and whatever reason that they choose, decide that I've earned the right to carry something. So he had his mahi ole po heo heo he reached out to me he's like hey brother i want to get this to you like give me your sizes of your head i'm gonna ship this out to you and i said okay like right on um my uh my kaai that i wear around my waist the girdle for the yeah um, uh, you know that was made by somebody named meredith Uh, she's on koko ole but she's learning weaving and ulana Ohala through another actual Kanaka master. She gets all her Mooku Aohao from a Hawaiian. Hi, man. That relationship was developed through Instagram. I was scrolling and I liked her work. I saw her work online and I see all these comments of Kanaka like bashing her. You know, she's making money off our traditions, off our culture, you know, how dare this how they be doing this. When she get Mooku Aohao, you know, she has a teacher. Hawaii. A story, yeah, that she goes through. <laughs> that approves all of this this is all sanctioned this isn't her just pulling it out of her ass <laughs> so i'm seeing all these guys shitting on her and i'm like okay i get where the where the ang- the anger and the emotion and the i guess like the, the fire comes from you gotta look a little bit deeper so i think the question is why is this girl doing this sure how come you not yeah why does it why does it take a Love and care for something that you don't do. Ayo, your cousin, your, well, your cousins is banging lines and humping honeys and jumping in the yodas and tailgating on the side of the road every weekend.
0: Ayo. instead okay. of what? Go instead plant some money. kalo, bro, or learn something don't, about your culture. Do
1: literally anything,
0: bro. So much if people you, like to complain about when howlers come and learn about Hawaiian stuff, but it's like, bro, they're taking it upon themselves to go out and learn that stuff, bro. Like, you guys are born here, and you don't even care. So yeah. don't even, bro, you only care because they're doing it better than you. Yeah. Bro, so, I attest you know, to me, that. But
1: it's not taking anything away from those people who have those expressions. That's 100% right on. Now, if you're a Laohala person, and you're an Ulana person, you have a right to feel that way. But I'm telling you, if somebody has a source of people, you have they call them kumu. I don't like that phrase. We'll get into that later. You have a teacher right, that they learn from in traditional ways. Right? So if you go through all of that, or just ask your teacher, "Hey, who's this girl? Who she learning from?" And then she's gonna tell you who she's learning from. Real recognize real, right? So that just ends the argument right there. <laughs> like if anybody has a problem, let's say you get let's say you get towel, right? You get homo no fans. And it's all these problems. the The leaves is dying. The fruit is eating. Howling is always gonna howling. Always gonna get pigs. Always gonna get mongoose. Come eat up all your crop. Always gonna have vavi. You're gonna have fungal infection. Sometimes from the inside. It's not. Fo- it's not foreign issues. Well, he- the- all you gotta do is follow the problem, foreign and domestic. You cut that shit out, right? Why are we gonna be? me wrong like there's a time and place for any kind of Hawaiian honest stuff that I've talked about before but like why are you going to contribute to the problem Mm -hmm. so maybe instead of maybe if your nephew was on that was smoking weed he was 15 instead of being in the the tarot patch with you like nothing wrong with smoking weed but like tarot too you know on top of that like for me it's just like if you're adding to the solution then you're fighting the problem Rather than just killing what you think the problem is. so I went after all these guys and I, and I defended her on like on these issues and they all fucked off. You know, like what they going to say. I'm not wrong. Like I don't I don't really argue based off of emotion. Yeah. These are all like these aren't my opinions. These are valid questions. Like, yeah, why is this how they doing this? It's wrong. Blah, 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 blah. She has a Hawaiian teacher. You have Hawaiian family members. You're a Hawaiian yourself. So maybe if you put your head out of your ass and your thumb out of your dick hole, maybe there wouldn't be a spot for how they appropriating or misusing our stuff. You know, if you were just in the spot. If you're in the spot, now you get something for say. Now you get the space. Now you get the weight, right? Now you got the leverage. If you're not in the space, why are you talking for? Like, no more business. Well, people like to, like, get in on people like that. But I have a deep appreciation for people who love and care for our things the right way. Now, I'm not advocating for how this will come and learn and do our shit and do whatever they like. That's not yeah. what I'm doing. So I did that for her. And then she reached out to me. And she was like, you know, I really, I really appreciate what you did there. And, you know, I'd like to do something for you. Do you wear papale? You know, I mean, I'm not into that. But, you know, I have um, what they call a tatua. It was a gift from me from the Wanganui Marai or the Eevee in
0: Aotearoa.
1: Cool. I, uh, a friend, his name is Pehi. Pehi?
0: And they made yeah, Pehi Waho. From, uh, bro, I interned with him at the fish pond.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fun out to us.
0: Pehi! Oh, that's cool. You
1: tell him, you tell him you know me, he gonna lose his mind. But he gave me a tatua, it's up there, thing right there. And I was wearing that to my fights because, you know, they they's fun out to me, they ohana to us, they aina to us. So you know, I carried it with me, and I figured, why not wear something Hawaiian? You know, if I'm trying to be this Hawaiian guy, Hawaii and all that Kanaka Kaina, I should be wearing Hawaiian things, right? I told her make one, make one ka'ai or one ka for me, and she's never done it before, and so that gave her an opportunity to grow as an ulana, you know, like so she can evolve in her respected discipline in her kuleana i gave her that type of mana so she made that for me she came out to vegas we met up and then we exchanged it that way so to answer your question no i never have the mahi ole i never have it all just it all just grew like along my career so as i grew as a fighter i grew as a kanaka too and i picked up a little things along the way
0: super fat tangent but oh that was a killer story time bro i do that a lot um i get that from my dad it's
1: very um how hot is the fire and um I tell you what a match comes from.
0: No, well, yeah, that's perfect for podcast, bro. Let's share yep. it. So, like, how, like, is there any rec like, any things you can recognize, or like how, like, your culture and being a fighter intersect? Ooh.
1: Um. So that kind of brings on another tangent. Um. Stay with me. So that's the whole reason why I'm pretty much still in this thing, right? I grew up in a particular way with rites, rituals, traditions, all of that stuff, and felt very isolated and different. Almost National Geographic. You can feed this child for thirty-five cents a day. Kind of, kind of a perspective that people look at me like I'm an animal in one zoo. And I don't know. That's that the term still like died down. But when I was in high school, everything was oh, bro, you're so native. You're so native, native, native. I hate that word. Just because, like, people that's calling me that is all Hawaiians. I'm like, bro, you guys are the same as me. Like, why am I, why am I so off-putting to you? You know? <laughs> N-word Me, me was native. It should be normal. You shouldn't follow and you should look at me and go, yeah, so what? And it's starting to get like that since since I was a kid. Since the, since the Mauna Kea movement happened, since all of that, it's been less and less, like, Wow, you know to a normal thing and that's what I want to promote. I want to show that there's Time and space for Kanaka to be Kanaka in Hawaii it's No worse feeling going to Po'o or Baldwin Beach running down your, your own Onehanao and And all these howlies looking at you like you and monkey f- escaping from the zoo They're looking at you up and down and I'm Hawaiian in Hawaii and I'm getting that and some is from your own people sometimes because they don't even know what Malo is and It's not their fault. That's just colonization like realized. And they did a very good job. As hard as we kanaka fight to be kanaka, Hale worked just as hard to kill us off and brainwash us. And they won in that time. As long as we keep breathing, as long as we keep doing that thing, every Hawaiian child that spits a Hawaiian word is a fuck you to the system. That's what I'm trying to promote. Hey, oh. in, every, in every aspect that we do, you and fighter, you and farmer, you and freaking garbage man, I don't care. Whatever it is, just kanaka something. It shows that look at Mo'oku'o'ahau and nohona Hawaii as like a living organism, yeah? And if the organism doesn't adapt and adjust and change and Work for this place in time that it's in. It's, gonna muck. it's just a relic. Yeah. It just becomes something in a museum that you blow dust off of and say, at one time it was like this,
0: bro. Exactly.
1: kids talk about Hawaiians. They go, "Oh, the people of that time," or "Oh, the Hawaiians." Yeah. Like, yeah, don't say the Hawaiians. Say we. We yeah. you, we we do that because that's you,
0: bro. You it's know? so funny. I have actually have like um an experience that like solidifies what you're saying. So. I forget what the exact situation was, but I remember I asked my Kumu. I was like, "Hey Kumu, do modern day Hawaiians like man, man?" And he's like, "I don't know. Do do you do that?" I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "What well, is your answer?" And <laughs> I was like, "Oh, like mind blowing." I was like, "Oh, you're so right. I'm a modern day Hawaiian. Holy shit."
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm Hawaiian. And it's modern day.
0: <laughs> well, we did we, we, you die? Oh my god, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Congratulations, welcome to the party. We've been missing you, man. Late. <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never.
0: Classic, bro. So well, I related
1: to fighting. So to separate that, there is a relationship between modern day fighting and lua. So, what do you what do you classify Lua as if I would if somebody was to ask you what that is?
0: Uh, I know it's the Hawaiian martial arts, but I know it's like not only breaking stuff, but also like healing too. uh, or it's, it encompasses so, like, uh, it, it's not only fighting. It's like a whole bunch deb- of, yeah, 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 yeah. Everything. Every kuleana that we have,
1: if you like be on Olapa or on Hula Dancer, this is your way of life. You live this way. If you like be on Kalai, Kalai Va'a, on Kalai Ki'i, yeah. on Carver, you go, you go live like this. If you want to be up, a
0: mahi you live
1: yeah. like a mahi But uh, through, through lua, lua is a mindset. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, I, brah, you can put this on, on hippie t-shirt, but it's a way of life. <laughs> if you don't do the things that, that requires you to become successful in the, you're not going to be able to be that. It's, you know, Japan, get karate. You know, Korea, get taekwondo or awando. Um, get freaking capoeira in brazil you get all these different standard martial arts and that's all it is yeah martial martial arts and these fighting styles is just i'm gonna kick somebody's ass i'm gonna (laughs) bust i'm gonna bust shops and then go home eat that's not what lua is yeah it's it's all of those things but like we have all of these sub um disciplines in lua right Mm -hmm. so you have hakoko wrestling you have kula kula the takedowns you have moko moko the boxing and striking you have all of these Different sub disciplines, and that's what I think that people like kind of mull over and ignore. Yeah. Lua is yeah. more than that. You need to you need to grow food, and so you can ipona. If you're eating like shit and you're 300 pounds, you can't perform. You're not in good physical condition. I like see you do on flying knee and be 300 pounds at five foot four. That's not gonna work. You have to be in good condition. You have to eat right so your body doesn't throw its pH off. All of our kupuna they knew all of this. Yeah, it's a science if you go left instead of right your whole life is going to turn upside down then you get crazy and your mind gets all twisted and cra- And like that's what the pule is for yeah. that's what the religious aspect of lua is for that's why you you channel that mana to that akua because the nature of that akua that that encompasses and that that requires needs you to be a certain way mm. so that's how lua translates into my life as a fighter all of these little things that I do, I get one nutritionist, I watch my weight. I gotta, I gotta work out in the gym as on top of learning technique, gotta like go home and like, compartmentalize my mind so I don't blow a switch. That's how you get guys like Sean Strickland. You know, you guys get all crazy. And so you need to, you need to hone that down. And all of these different things that keep me together who I am. It That's all Lua. That's what all of that is. So that's how that relates you know, yeah,
0: oh, I like that a lot, bro. You're that's cool. So, like, did you um practice lua when you were growing up in that in the hale that you were in, or I didn't
1: formally, I wasn't old enough to learn certain things. The aloha at that time didn't teach it to me specifically, like Pololu, lu, this is what you do, you know, this is the i you go this way and you hit him in the nose and his nose turned pink. They didn't teach me like that. I had the, you know, I was just around. I was annoying. I was high mm-hmm. on the wall. I was always there. So I would just, you know, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> well rider. Yeah. It was just like that. Yeah. Like I was just like, in the background, grab one stick from the bushes and go, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, at first it was like that. And then my dad started to implement me more into specific Lua things with weapons. And how to grow the plants to mature the plants. And then you get into like the wood carving stuff so you can make the weapons, you know. And and then he taught me. That was my dad's thing. My dad's thing wasn't necessarily hand-to-hand. He did have that in his back pocket, but his thing was was weapons. Mm. And as far as the hand-to-hand stuff goes, um, I was a Kako'o for a few of the classes on the Keomoku Kapu. And when they had um, Kuiaholo and Pakai Kanaha came over under uh, Jerry Walker... And um, his sub, Olohe, that came along with him. And they taught that class to those men. I was just grabbing water bottles and freaking, you know, being one dummy for the guys. And that's how I learned that way. And now that I'm old enough, I'm already fighting and all this stuff anyways. So I can just kind of translate and refer back to my dad. And I have a very, you know, in a very fortunate position to where I can just like, not necessarily lean on my dad, but Puna. I can just go and grab my cup and, you know
0: yeah yeah that's super important that's not, that doesn't
1: mean that like you can't like you can't go talk to my dad like he's very he's a very open person just people get scared of the dirt bike tracks on his face and they don't ask him anything
0: oh he has so, that kind of cacao yeah yeah oh that's nuts so um you're talking a little bit about your dad like so he kalai la ao, like yeah. Do you, can i show you a couple that I made? Yeah, cool. yeah, bust it open. Oh. Okay, yeah, so I made these in my Kalaila Al class at Winworth Community College. So, here's my okay. Leo Mano. Okay. I got the design, I modeled it after a design I seen in one of the the books like you know how they documented like everything in bishop museum and they have like little diagrams of them this wasn't like something i just like thought of although it is a sick design that i would like to take credit for but yeah it's replicated after someone else's and then i made this um pahoa out of a a marlin bill
1: that's an au yeah
0: yeah 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 and then the handle is kamani Oh, nice. Yeah. But, oh yeah, that class is actually part of... Nah, it's not part of. It is the reason why I pursued Hawaiian studies, because one day my kumu put a piece of wood in my hand. It was mehamehame And he was like, you see this piece of wood? It's kela, yeah? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, we're well, never going to see it outside of this class. I was like, oh, why? He's like, well, okay. all, the, all the trees is pretty much... They kind of reproduce and yeah, this is it. Uh- so It's heavy It's up to you as a Hawaiian To preserve all the stuff You guys get left And I was like oh.
1: I can kind of understand Why they named it that Meha Meha The Lonely Trees <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's nuts though It's it's um one of the only Wood that sinks Interesting yeah. Well yeah I just wanted to geek out over my little. Yeah
1: little that stuff. You know, I love it. I love it when people in our generation pick up old kuleana. That's not a... It, that's rare. That's not a thing. Everybody like dance hula. Nobody like do a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. I also made a pohaku ku'i'ai, but mine... Everybody has the this kind style.
1: I think I lost you.
0: Oh, Dude. my friggin' mic. My hand muted my mic. But yeah, I was saying the... Everybody has this kind pohaku. But I made yep. mine like the Kawaii style of the ring. Okay. But yeah. Super, super cool. It's not like um how limited the amount of implements they had, but they still like made do with like yep. that little amount of stuff. Yeah. And like how oh, like when they'd make something, they'd cherish it for like ever. Cause like they just put so much like time and mana and Everything in it Like they would sleep On their fishing hooks Bro Just cause You know like And I feel like We've totally Like lost Like that Whole world view In today's Generation Like It's pretty sad. Like you were saying earlier, bro, like America was so successful at colonizing Hawaii, bro. I say that all the time to my friends, bro. Like if there was any like textbook definition way, like how to do it, bro. America to Hawaii, that's how to do it. Because they literally, they literally like made our grandparents shame to be Hawaiian, bro. Like my mom told me that her grandma could speak. But they'd only speak, like, in private, like, to each other. So, like, nobody could understand. Like, there was shame. Yeah. It was successful.
1: America is the only superpower that's still involved in every place that they were in.
0: Bro, that's what I'm saying. Like, why does America have so much military bases around the world, bro? Like, what country has a base in America?
1: French in Tahiti are no longer there. (laughs) British in Aotearoa are no longer there. Go to... What, where else is there? Um, the Germans in Samoa and Tonga, they're no longer there. <laughs> like Every place that Haole went, they left. I'll even say white people. The Irish and the Scottish, they won their countries back. They pulled out. Yeah. America is the only superpower that is still involved in every place that they took over. Puerto Rico, us. Oh, like, Every,
0: got, every the place military, they took... I didn't realize oh, the gravity of what you said. Literally, every place they took over still. Oh. so
1: yeah they're good at what they do you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong or right about it it's just what it is it depends on what side of the fence you're sitting on right success has no morals
0: I'm sitting on the fucking paw <laughs> 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 fuck the fence <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were talking a little bit about Kahlo earlier so like how like what is your background with Kahlo
1: um I mean I was just raised on my. I get. Oh man, sorry. Give me a second. I just thought of twenty thoughts all at once and couldn't come out. Um. I have an ancestor. Her name was Luukia. She and her family had this piece of land. It's called Lakini. It's Kuleana land, and wasn't owned by anybody. They were just there. Okay. When the Mahele came around, they started signing names to places. Aihaa, her husband, his name was put on the property. And that's how we ended up engulfing all of that. My great-grandmother, Tapala Pala down. She made she went down to the courthouse and she got everything signed, and that's how we secured that land. And my father you know, with all of his freaking dealing with, you gotta earn it. You don't wanna be here. Tower patch, Tower patch life wasn't the thing at that time because of what you were talking about with your grandmother. It's like, bro, what you doing here? Go get one job. Go yeah, go money. college. Go, you know, Hawaiian stuff wasn't like priority.
0: Bro, you know, my tangent my favorite, on that. So, like, there's a problem in my now that, like, all the farmers, had to stop farming because like they started their farms to send their kids to college, but then their kids graduated and then they didn't want to take care of the farm. So like yep. so much bruh, farms is gone though. But yeah, back to what you're saying. Sorry.
1: I mean farming is hard for one. So why are you gonna brook your back or for what? When you can just I throw any shade here, you can play games and make over thousand dollars in one month. You know how many taro bags you gotta pull for make that? One tarot bag half the size of me, what? Maybe 180 pounds, no, like five. Okay, sorry. Five gallons, five gallons of tarot, That's about when I was helping my dad at that time was 120 dollars. Yeah, you know, you know how many, you know how many hours and itches and bleeding you gotta do. Forget that. Yeah, Not worth
0: 120. 120- yeah, bro. Yeah, it honestly. Yeah,
1: my dad was smart in a way to where he made it that he didn't have to depend on a tarot patch. My dad was on firemen. He went hmm. to the military. Yeah roots and he could make his money that way
0: yeah
1: he auto to all the tarot money that he did was all vacation money we would go you know not vacation we don't do that in my family but you know like if we got to go soccer fundraiser yeah, yeah. Or do all kinds of games and stuff that's where that money came from he didn't depend on the the aina for that he made money with firefighting and he made mana with the aina that's how he kept himself sane that was my that was my dad's like way that he Decided to run that place because when you have to do something for money that's where the infection goes right yeah, yeah. that's who you bend your back to that's the real aqua that's who you bend your back yeah. to when you're working is money
0: bro so, it's so nuts you know how okay so at uh i did an interview with one of the newspaper editors over there and then in doing that he actually like he researched the UH archives and he found the interview of my great grandma that she did with like UH. And it was so crazy because like she was selling 10 pounds of poi, not even not even tarot. 10 pounds of poi for a dollar. Mm. Bruh, like, I was like, oh my goodness Like, how was my grandma Like, she, she was not doing this to get rich, bro She was literally doing this to just, like, live, you know Like, like yeah, yeah. lifestyle-wise But I trip like, ten pounds for a dollar Yeah, that's wild Bruh, like didn't even- Yeah, yeah Bruh, you're, like, such a good storyteller Would you be, like would you be down to tell the audience like the story of Haloa?
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
0: Uh, Is Maui's okay. version different than Wahoo's? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> uh,
1: not that, not that. I know. Okay. I wanna, I, I wanna know. I don't wanna screw this one up because that's kind of important. Uh, okay. So. A lot of this has to, you have to, you know, like I said, compartmentalize your brain. Yeah. A lot of this was like spoken Hawaiian to written Hawaiian yeah. to English. Right. Yeah. So you might have to give or take a few metaphors and a few words. Basically, you know, for the you know, introductory Hawaiians out there, it's, uh, it starts out a little bit like this. So you have Wakia, sky father. And you have, um, earth mother, Kalani the stars, the star daughter. And after that, they had all the islands and give and take some cheating here and there. Kolea flies over and tells you know, Papa that he's screwing around and whatever. Eventually, give or take some relationships and some islands being born. They have Hawaii, right? And somehow, someway, some cross, I wouldn't say that it was father-daughter. I don't think that that's the word that they're using for that. Father and daughter started playing around. That's when Haloa Naka was born, was a stillborn child, and they buried they buried the child, and out came Haloa. And then they tried again. They had another son. His name was Haloa Nakalau Kapalili, and he was the first human. That's our Jesus. Don't come at me for that. But the body that was sacrificed for the betterment of the people. Everywhere that we go, everywhere that we look, Haloa is our root system of where we come from everybody whatever hawaiian you are can trace their lineage all the way back to Haloa, me included i did it on my mom's side we could figure it out that way but that that's uh you know a little bit of a Pololu paraphrased version of it it was really shitty no but, that was my
0: know. cut you bro i yeah that was super you got all the main points main characters yeah it's so funny because i learned at uh that like everybody's familiar with LPO and yeah but like it was, like, never instances of father-daughter ni LPO other than that yeah. mo'olelo, bro. It's kind of... In- it's yeah. nuts.
1: So, you... I forget what doctor. I forgot her name. God. um Shame on me for forgetting her name, but she did a really good rendition on, like, these things. It was more of um. How do I get you to understand this? So, every Akua or Kupua... Or like kind of esoteric being that yeah, we like follow.
0: cosmogonic,
1: like yeah, they're we attach people to them, no different from religion. Yeah, you know, if you think of God in Christianity, you think of one howling guy, one big bushy Yeah, deer. yeah, yeah. If you don't, if we don't have that image in our head, we start losing our minds. It needs to make sense. There needs to be a person. You know, now everybody thinks it's a woman, or you know, they they have somebody that they attach to, right? Like Maui.
0: Yeah, like Moana, exactly. Guy. Or even He's like. 40, it's 40
1: uh, different billion different Maui's. It's not all. one Mau- It's f- So for all these Akua, there's all of these different forms, right? And so we attach humans to them. So it makes sense in our brains. Waakea is the sky, right? And Papa is, is, the, the, is the mother. Yeah. Maybe there were humans at that point. But that doesn't necessarily make them father daughter. Look, look at, look at, just look at a picture of Mauna Kea. Sky, mountain, earth. Sky and earth come together and then come up. What comes up? You look up at night, all the stars is everywhere. And so for us, for that to make sense and give it life, we give them names. We never have pictures. We never have Instagram. So at that time, that's how we told the story. And then 2000 years later, you get all of these renditions of like Herb Conner's paintings. And it, it just, it keeps us, it keeps us okay. It helps us not losing our mind. So with the whole incest thing, and I also have a theory on incest. I don't know if you want to get into that.
0: maybe Bombay but hopping on that Maui tangent bro like like you said there's so many Mauis like all throughout the Pacific but every time there was like somebody like that name was held in such high regard and the person that like lived up to that like I just think it's cool that like there were actual people because in Ikawakahiko like you earned your name like sometimes after you were born like through literally the only Earn it. Yeah,
1: literally. They're not going to name you something. Not name you something and then you don't do that thing. Imagine I name, my name is a little bit ironic. I can explain to you the story, right? Okay. How are you going to name somebody Pololu that's 16 foot long and I'm a flyweight? <laughs> and I'm five foot, I'm like, what? Four foot 11. How are you going to do that? He has to earn that name. So, okay. Let me save myself from that real quick. That irony. I could have picked a different example. Um, Pololu is the valley on Hawaii Island. My family... Comes from there. That's why I was named after that place was mm-hmm. to Ho'omana my Ohana. Now the valley was named after Pololu was because that's where Kamehameha trained his Pololu infantry. When he was running around from Alapai. That was like was his like,
0: green beret.
1: Yeah. That's why that valley is named that. I'm not named after the weapon. So that irony doesn't apply to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. But are you going to name somebody like, I don't know, El Polo Kanaloa? He turns out into a pua pua lena lena. You know what I mean? Like, you can't control that. You can't control that. Oh. Becomes. It becomes contradictory. So, that's why Kamehameha had 17 different names. Yeah, he was Pai He was, you know, all, all of uh, Kama'ia Puni, all of these different names. Um, The, the Papai, Holo Holo Pali, or whatever his name was. There's all of these different instances in these different lives. And that's why the names were this long because they yeah. were stories like commemorating
0: ride. what they did bro like yeah. they were freaking achievement you know how you play games you get the achievement unlocked when you do something hammer that was like literally their achievement unlocked it was their yeah. inoa bro like that holds so much yeah. mana yeah. bro it's so no, nuts too like um i i was like i had to research a bunch of the ali'i like pre kamehameha for my genealogy class and bruh kahekili is a hammer bro like he pretty much laid the groundwork for kamehameha to like just come in and take everything but like oh bruh
1: he's a hammer
0: like maui he literally like slaughtered out like all of the oahu lineages on like some pettiness like okay you gonna do that to my ancestor a long time ago okay raja i'm coming back full force you guys getting wiped out you guys are having no freaking pool after this ever
1: Well, so in ruling chiefs, I, I forget what chapter it was, but they do talk about how Kamehameha waited.
0: Yeah, to Kamehameha yeah, Kamehameha yeah. To, to die, bro. But and, did they talk about that mental warfare Kahikili did when Kamehameha sent his messenger and like he didn't even choose a stone, but he sent the messenger back and like told Kamehameha like, "Yeah, by the way, I'm your freaking dad."
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> and that's the thing in respect for his dad. <laughs> now, it isn't documented. You know, other Hawaiians can come after me. Aye. And um this is uh this is a Mo'olelo Ohana.
0: Oh uh, bro, those are like I love yeah. Mo'olelo Ohana because like like who are we to say that's not true?
1: Exactly. So maybe true, maybe not, but this is what was told to me. This this story gets carried through the Konohia Ohana. Come from Hamakua Poho in On Maui, that's their Ahupua, and this is what um Haoli Konohia told me. Um, during Kamehameha's reign, when he was kicking everybody's ass and taking everybody's names and everybody's land and everybody's girls, right? He was going to put a siege on, I want to say at that time it was Maui. And he told him no. And he said, why? And he said, you don't see whatever. So he was like in like his war camp or whatever. And somehow, someway, this when he was in his prime, decided to the mountains on the bridges up the trees and behind the back end put in the secret code to the back door and he went into Kamehameha's living quarters took his hood off and he went hey he goes oh dad nah not dad but you know <laughs> yeah like oh. you and he he just and he and he and he just whatever weapon he had at the time I assume And he's like hey just letting you know could if I wanted to just wait out. Huh? you can get him but just wait And he left and oh. that that was other story of why he waited till Kahekili died. Now that like like how you said when when Kahikili was in power, he had everything, so he could have everything taken away, right? So when he died, Kalani Kupule was in charge, and it's like okay, I'm gonna whack my cousin now, and he he made it that much. Bro, easier. I
0: think it's so nuts how like Kamehameha had to fight his cousin after um who died but on Big is Island. This
1: is Hawaiian. Game
0: of oh. This is
1: Hawaiian Game of Thrones, bro.
0: Bro. I couldn't can't okay, so like I grew up with my cousin, like he's literally like my brother, bro. Like I could not imagine scrapping him for ownership of my farm, bro. Like, yeah, that would be ridiculous. That's
1: because, that's because fighting isn't isn't a thing anymore.
0: Nah, and they knew that's that just, death, they knew that death wasn't the end, bro. Exactly, so that's yeah. no big deal. Yeah,
1: death and, death and murder was was freaking nothing, you know. Yeah. and that's because colonization, at its best, again, you know, because we have this in. Like, I want to say this Whitewashed. No, but it, bro,
0: it, we're whitewashed.
1: For, for this place in time, there's no space for combat and murder. Oh, of that course. No, we've, all, we've all agreed. I'm not advocating
0: space, for that. Don't get me wrong.
1: I mean, I'm not advocating for it, but I'm not saying to go kill everybody. But if somebody says that there wasn't a reason, I'm not going to say that there wasn't a reason. Somebody always has a reason. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it worked for them at that place in time. And that con- and that concept of like killing people is wrong. Wasn't a thing back yeah, then. So that's yeah. why they would do
0: that. That's why, like, you, know, you step you on know. ali'i shadow, you're like hey, transition. Hala oi, here, Paul. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that and that goes into case by case basis too, yeah. right? Yeah. Hawaiian, Hawaiian's writing, Hawaiian's writing How is listening to Hawaiian. Yeah, trying and to and make
0: I'm- us look bad and. Bro, that's one oh. thing that I hate is, like, so many people learn about Hawaii not from a Hawaiian. It's like, why are you getting your... Fr- like, why are you taking their mana'o over, like, Ike Hawaii? What- Bro, it's so is ridiculous. It- go on YouTube. Just YouTube any video about Hawaii and look, like, who makes it. Yeah. No yeah. Hawaiians, I'll tell you that. You would think it's obvious, right? Bro. Like, if I'm going
1: to go learn Mexican i'm gonna go learn from a mexican
0: it's like let my people tell our stories why the freak you guys gotta freaking tell everybody's story for us yeah yeah have a anyway bro honestly like this is probably one of my favorite pods just because like it's tied so much to like ike hawaii and like i'm straight up geeking out about this shit bro like everything we do
1: bro we got a whole kanaka somehow otherwise they win
0: Bro, like, I'm straight, like, in a O'lelo Hawaii class right now. And, like, last semester, I straight failed this class, bro. And it literally, like, diminished my fucking, like, motivation to even continue with, like, getting my bachelor's. Because, like, I got to pass this class if I want my bachelor's. But I failed. So I was literally contemplating dropping out, bro. And then I took this summer school course with this new kumu. And he literally, like, fucking ho'ola my fucking, my desire to even want to learn, bro. Like he straight made it a point like it's important for hawaiians to be speaking hawaiian in hawaii bro like we look dumb compared to all the other polonese like go tonga what are they speaking not fucking not tongan (laughs) bro like it's crazy like how disconnected we are as a people and then going back to that person commenting that on your post like well only 30 people can understand what you saying it's like bro like where are you trying to shame with that like you you, congratulations, you played yourself. Played <laughs> yeah, your like straight yeah. up. It's like bro, like <laughs> you're like you like you're bashing on a kanaka for Olelo Hawaii. Like bro, that's our like our mother tongue. Like what are you even?
1: Yeah, I mean I I used to get really angry about it, but now I just have fun with it because like I'm i I'm so like secure, you know, about my kanaka-ness and who I am because it everybody gonna die.
0: Bro, yeah. You know?
1: it's competing with everybody and trying to compare yourself to other human beings you gonna die before or after you it doesn't matter you know what I mean so as long as I'm good with myself and you know, and I answer to my Akua and my circle then that's all that matters if you're not signing my check you're not giving me clothes you're not feeding my belly you're not making me calm fuck you <laughs> you don't matter your opinion does not matter to me
0: Bro, you contribute
1: nothing to my life. I love internet trolls. It's my favorite. I'm 6-1 as a pro in the cage. I'm the undisputed keyboard champion of the fucking world, bro. Nobody can fucking step through this. I'm undefeated <laughs> right now, and I invite anybody to try. <laughs> I can't even read the comments right now. I don't know how to navigate that, but...
0: Classic. Sure Anyways. Fucking, uh... Oh, shit. I just had a fat-ass brain for <laughs> Okay, we are talking about hello. Like do you have um any olelo no eao that you like try to live by or like any favorite ones?
1: I don't know about anything in the book, but something that was taught to me in my family is two things. Is Hanamua mahope Handle business first, then you can play. Okay. Second one was I come Don't complain, complain, complain about stuff that you know more. Look what you get. Work with that one's entitled to anything from your very first breath nothing is yours you are afforded the opportunity to work for
0: it and earn it that's, that's my olelo no yeah. oh those bro that is killer <laughs> straight up how do you manage uh energy between fights like do you I know you're saying you go back home every so often but like how often do you, or like how many times do you try to fight a year and like how often are you like training during that?
1: So this this past year was kind of it was kind of tricky for me because I have I have a pretty chronic um condition and injury that I worked through and this maybe about a year and a half ago it was really bad so I had to like give me about like give me about a month to learn how to walk again. Oh, and yeah, and then I had to do all kinds of rehab and.
0: Oh, bro, rehab is out. nuts.
1: And then right when I figured that one out, I have to I I ended up tearing my shoulder or my labrum, so that took me out for a little bit more. And I fought with it and I had no idea. So it typically a dream in every like, especially in the stage of my career now. I Would love to fight five times a year, you know. As I'm, I'm better mentally when I, as the more active I am, but just my body doesn't necessarily like. Up with the plan, you know. So I fought once last year. I just fought this year. I'm hoping to fight again end of August, maybe maybe late September. That would be good. Um, depending on my manager and who he calls. But well, typically, what I've been starting, I I tried to do twice a year when I was going home back and forth at least twice a year. Then it became a thing to where after every fight, so I can I can put all my money, put it into the camp, and then I go recharge. That's what I've been doing. And now that I may or may not be having certain opportunities with my fighting, you know, that that fight purse basically pays for my ticket home, that kind of a thing. And so, I use that to, yeah, to build my batteries or and whatever. But it's also to feel human again, you know. You go through the rituals that I that I have to perform to be able to, you know, before I go kawa or whatever. It takes you out of your own body. It's an out-of-body experience to me. I empty my vessel and I allow the aqua to sit in there and use me as an instrument. And when you come back, like, turning to the, to the Aumalama and to be Noah, it's it's a process, like, to, to become human again. You get to feel all your emotions and satiate your needs, like, all of your food stuff with the weight cut and just, like, you know, re- reinvigorating your relationships. Like, that's all different to, like, switch your mind in. You, like I said, it's Lua, huh? That's why a lot of the the warriors and whatever they live a they live a pretty isolated lifestyle. People don't think like us. People don't talk like us. People don't work like us. There's a different mindset that goes into this. So going home and disconnecting myself from this kind of allows me to like re- recuperate who I am as a human being and as an individual, rather than just like a fighter. You know, so that that has been helping a lot. It keeps my it keeps my brain and my sanity like really clear.
0: Solid. Are there any qualities that you can recognize that um like can basically like translate over from being a good fighter to being like a good Kanaka Malama Aina or just like yeah, similar qualities between those two fields?
1: I'd say discipline for one. I don't care how bad you feel if your girlfriend was mean to you that day or if you're feeling kind of sicky and icky. The opponent's always training. Your opponent is always working. And the sun is always going to come up the next day. And it's always going to rain. It's always going to happen. There's always going to be something to do around the farm. You got to bite down. Nobody cares about how you feel. The farm is still going to have chores. The grass is still going to grow. Your opponent is always learning and getting better. There's always something to do in the gym. There's always something to do on the farm. Solid. it's consistency and discipline
0: what are what are like the biggest challenges you face as a fighter
1: Ooh. Um, oof. that's a loaded question there's all kinds of how did I I guess the biggest challenge I have is adversity I'm gonna say that I wasn't an NCAA wrestler I wasn't a, a IBJJF jiu-jitsu player. I wasn't a golden glove boxer. I was the shittiest, worst, most least talented kid in every gym that I've ever been in. But, I bust my ass. Kill myself every day. I'd work, I was the hardest worker in the room on my come up. And, I got average. I'm always going up against somebody better than me. I'm always going up against somebody that's more skilled than me and naturally talented than to me. And, you see it as a challenge, but it's also the biggest benefit. Because if you use it to winning all the time and being good at everything, I just, it, it's happened on national television. Guys fall apart when they start losing. Mm. All of a sudden, the fight in their way. To me, that's what being a fighter is about. Right? I'm knocking the guys out in three seconds or choking them out in the first minute. Like that's one thing. Yeah, you're good at what you do. To me, a true fighter is battling adversity real champion to me when real fighter to me is when you're getting the shit kicked out of you and your face is getting plastered you're bleeding from your nose your arm is torn your legs is broken whatever you find a way around it and you end up on top i've been in those positions and me that's what makes me more secure in my my wailua my inner spirit and my my ike and my you know all of these things make me a better fighter it's not about me getting better than my opponent that just happens to be a plus. I'm a better person every day because of the adversity that I have to overcome.
0: Mm. I like that. If not fighting, then what career would you be pursuing?
1: Be Sam Choi, 300 pounds at five foot four. I love food so much. <laughs> I I would open one restaurant. I'll become one. I would I would instead of rice, I would use Kalo, ulu and uala. I'll be making all of these different things I just want to implement Hawaiian stuff into modern things that's just my I'm such a real freaking you no know, hard on for that shit. I love innovating Hawaiian stuff into things that we do It so it's just like a it's kind of late for that now like for me to go to culinary school and all that I can eat I can eat I can tell you that but um I guess' like the basis like I said is um like my father I have my associate's degree in fire department so and especially going back to Mau- going back to Maui and going back to Hawaii and living, yeah, you know, everything is expensive. Like mm-hmm. it's, you can't, can't necessarily do what you love and succeed financially. Hundred percent. That's not something that you can do all the time. I'm not saying that's never a thing, but for a majority of the people out there, I want to be an artist. You, it's a grind. And and for me, the danger in that, in depending on your passion for financial success, it's. End up hating it when you have to do it. That was one of the smarter things that my dad did when it came to the farm. He didn't have to pend on the tarot patch because then you end up hating the shit. Oh, I hate Monday. I got to drag my ass to the tarot patch and cut this grass. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. If you have to go to the fire station and you know save lives and build up your mana that way, that's cool, right? Like, And you also have a day of work, day of rest, day of work, day of rest, and you get the four days off. It makes it a lot easier to go to work. And then on your days off, you look forward to driving around um, Kaumahina and you go over to Pali and you see and I sticking out with the sun coming up at, at 7.30 in the morning. And you look forward to those days when you're under the tin roof and you hear the hitting of the rain and you smell the grass that you just went cut one hour ago and even to the even to those days when you're pulling tarot and you got to make one quota for Aloha Poi and your ass is itchy, the bugs is crawling all over you, you're scratching till you're bleeding and you're scratching and you're scratching and the thing no go away and water no help and all the fiber. Yeah, those those days make it worth it if you don't have to depend on it, you know? So um, something that I want to do when I'm saying done. you know, Doc was going to tell me when to hang my gloves up. I want to incorporate... Lua again When people think about Hawaiian men they Think about Anikapila guys They think about The dancers They think about Big guys with happy smiles And aloha shirts
0: yeah.
1: um, <laughs> But I want to be able to Resurrect the image Of a warrior again And it not be a painting It's a picture It's an innovative 21st century thing That we can refer to guys Like Max Holloway at Tavares, BJ Penn, but like Kanaka, you know, there's all of these different forms of Hawaii out there. And I want the the Koa, the Olohe, the Lua to be one of them again, that the that the real Hawaiian man, not these drug pushing, wife beating, scrub boyfriend, cannot cook eggs and hash browns for breakfast, scrubs. That's not what Hawaiian man is for. Oppressing women was not a Hawaiian tradition. We was in the kitchens. We was cooking and cleaning. We was taking care of everybody. Babe, you on your rag? Go take one week off. Go relax with the girls. I got the house. I'm going to hold it down. That's what real Hawaiian is. Not one of these scrubs telling your girl to go beat it and let the boys be boys and make me one sandwich. That's not what that's, that's, not what that's about. That's what I want to promote after. That's what I would do if I'm not a fighter is to promote more Hawaiian men like that. Hawaiian, Hawaii needs more Hawaiian men. Not whatever the fuck is going on today. Thank you, America. Yeah. You guys
0: taught us. Mic drop. <laughs> Have you ever um took something that you learned from fighting and applied it back to farming or vice versa?
1: Um One of the coolest steps I do, um, there's a there's a meridian. This is Meahuna, right? So there's a there's a nerve
0: here.
1: Mm. If you watch my fight um, that I fought in 2019, his name is Thomas Matias. It, I have him up against the fence. and I, This is like some karate kid shit, bro. Like, you know, like wax on, wax off kind of stuff. <laughs> but you, step, you step with your heel and if you hit the spot just right, you can knock somebody out with that. It's not 100% guaranteed. It's very rare, but it does happen. If you watch the fight, and i step on his foot with my heel you can see him go limp a little bit not necessarily knock out but it's like an electric shock it's like it hits a nerve and you go oh and you lose control of your body for like just like a millisecond it makes it shoots a a, a pain receptor yeah. to your brain think about it right and that's when his body melted and i went for the takedown <laughs> i do the same thing and i pull tarot. You go in between the pūu and you go at your heel and the lie of your foot and the ridge, and you step down on the on the roots and you and you break the roots apart. You don't step on a taro to push them down. Yeah. Guys, guys that use oo, they don't know how to step. That's why. And that actually goes into a lot of things, guys. You guys use oo in the in the low, in the wetland because they never chemo, so the mud is all hard yeah. and uh, and the plants is not oxidizing, so it's clay, right? And then there's the layer of water. That comes up. Yeah. Guys don't kill guys don't till their soil. Guys don't chemo. So all the thing is pa, so they gotta use oh-oh. Anyway, if you cycle the water through, you let it fill in, and you let it fill out, and the sun hits it, and it does all of these magical stuff that we're supposed to do that we knew how to do already, and you would know how for step. And that's what hey, I hey, implement. Hey,
0: hey, yeah. Hey hey hey. I meant Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ku'i step is is one of the things that translates really well. And then of course the naha, you know the naha. That's the first strike on the board when you're pounding. That that it, it's not the hit. It's that's it's not the it's not the kui. It's the, the naha is when you have the Kalo, right? And you smash, smash it, it on the board, you squish it, you yeah. mush it. Because bro, if you go on peace tarot and you hit him like that, boink, and it's wet, it's, it's going on. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You you are part of the pounders union, you pound point, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so you get the Kalo, you put him on the board, and you smash him. That strike. Their Uncle Irokova'a is called Naha. So I've done that. When you're sitting on somebody and he's shelled up like this, and you just kind of tap him and he'll kind of like, you know, that opens up the kui. Now you can start smashing. <laughs> you don't just start smashing when he's guarded like this because you're only going to hit his hands. So you kind of hit him a little bit, hit him a little bit, and then he opens up and then, oh, now you can make poi. Now we make your paya. <laughs> you know, so that's another one. That's another good one. Uh, uh, I've translated farming and fighting together.
0: Bro, those are solid ones, straight up. And shout out to Uncle Orokva. Yeah. Jesus.
1: Brother Daniel, Daniel Anthony, the real Poi Pounder. That's the Poi Pounder of all Poi Pounders, bro. Daniel Anthony is the man. He kind of gave me, he kind of took me to school on that Papa the last time I went to go see him when he opened his place up to me.
0: Mana He's I? too big. So I heard. Um, you kind of was talking about your dad a lot. Is he, would you say that that's one of the most influential people in your life? And if not, would you like to name them?
1: Both my parents are equally as influential in my life. My mother taught me how to chant. Mm. She taught taught me how to read and write English. She taught me how to orate and how I speak. You know, she taught me how to use that part. My mom's a ma- uh, my mom is a master quiltist. She does all kinds of Hawaiian quilts. She make lays, She do all that stuff. She taught my sister hula before she joined the halal. And, um, you know, they were both influential in my life just as much. My dad just taught me how to be a Hawaiian man. You know, that's why I speak on him like that. But as a human being... Because that's what you are. Mother, yeah, my mother and my father, you know, they're both just as influential as the other. You know, my father was at the fire station. You know who was at home when he was at the fire station for 24 hours off and on all year long? My mom, you know. She raised me and my sister just as influentially as my father did. Um, he, They might have implemented in different areas, but, you know, the people that I look to is my Aina. You know, and implementing this word. Samoa, they say Aina for family. America took out the word Aina. Aina, and they implemented ohana to be able to sell it everybody thinks it comes from ohana right yeah. that is a term that, is, that does i'm not saying that doesn't mean family it is a correct term but, but we erase but the aina,
0: aina is like those you feed
1: from, yes the I, what you eat nah it's what you exactly what you said it's what you feed
0: yeah
1: and that's who I look to. I don't. I don't really have any influential heroes. Don't meet your heroes. I met a bunch of them. I'm not gonna name names, but I was really disappointed with a lot of them. And so, hey, like I
0: said, yeah, why You say that because <laughs> I feel like in Hawaii, especially in like this space, I'm not trying to throw shade or anything, but I do notice. Like, I feel like people bigger than you don't really want you to like pop off. I certain or certain. certain no, certain one. ones. Because bro, like. I am I don't so not who agree- you think they are. Yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. You gotta,
1: you gotta understand that what they did that influenced you to be who you are is one part of their life. The, There's yeah, a side of me yeah. that's not on camera that somebody really wouldn't like. Yeah, but I'm a, like a unique. I'm a unique person. Like for me, in in a sense where it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's a double edged sword because what you give is what you get, mm. and sometimes what you get isn't what you like. Yeah,
0: for <laughs> so, real, bro. You
1: know, and. I looked to my tutu lady because I knew her. You know, I had a relationship with her. I got to learn from her. I got to watch her. I look to my papa. I look to my nana. I look to my mom. I look to my sister. You know, they all had, I'm the baby of my family, right? Hey, me too. They all, <laughs> part, they all had a part in raising me to who I am. And I owe all of that to them. In my family, Nakane Lua, Ohana always first over everything. I know, I know always. <laughs>
0: No. i like how you do the like the g sound for the end for like someone yeah. no they do that that's how they pronounce ends it's with that g flair i like it a lot because um my friend's daughter her name is Man- Mangaya, but she doesn't like saying that she likes saying her name is manaya and i'm like bruh, say her name right don't yeah, be f- that's manaya. not that's not what you was named bro you're not manaya you're Mangaya. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let that whitewash make you shame of your name. The
1: heck! hila That's what they always told us growing up.
0: So, do you are you familiar with the term me'e Hawaii?
1: Like hero? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I've heard it a few times, but I mean,
0: like, I was just gonna right? ask, like who is like one of your favorite me'e Hawaii growing up? Like whether it be from like a storybook like Maui or whether it be like actual kanaka like George Helm or like
1: Ooh, that's a that's a pretty good question. I guess it depends from what era.
0: Um It could be from like was growing up or just like as of now, someone is still Maui hold- was a
1: good one. I liked Maui because he was a rascal. I liked I liked that fact that you know he just because I feel like emulate a lot of his characteristics for sure. Um you know he, he he means well. His intentions are great, but he can still have fun. Yeah? yeah, you don't gotta be one stone head all the time. He he emulates the fact that there's a time and place for pleasure, and I have a deep appreciation for that because I work really hard a lot, and it's it's good to kind of let that go and decompress every once in a while.
0: Sometimes it's just funny, <laughs> <laughs> bro. But I um, like even in a lot of other Molaos like the main characters. What was that?
1: Uh, I take all that back. Just kidding. I love Maui, but, bro, P.E. My Va'a is my guy. Oh. That is Umi's active son. And he was the hammer for everything. P.E. My Va'a was the duct tape for every problem Umi had.
0: Umi, was, my um big island, or? I,
1: mean, I want to say it was Umi. Oh, was it? Was it Kia? Was it Umi? I have my notes in here somewhere, but... Wanna say it was Umi's adoptive son, but that was just his friend that he took care of. Yeah. Umi Ali Loa. yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Umi's adoptive son. Pee my va. Anytime he had on an issue, P. My Val would go get get the things that he needed to build a weapon. If had on crew of guys and it was getting their ass kicked, P. Maiva would kill him. He is my favorite character. In real life of Hawaiian history of all time, look him up in Ruling Chiefs. P E Maiva. That is the guy, my guy. Okay. That's
0: mine. Um, can you share any, like, uh, mo'olelo about him that you know?
1: Um, Well, I mean, he was, like I said, if you read the, one of the first chapters of Umi Aliloa, it's about Umi. Yeah. And it shows how he became the Aimoku of Hawaii Island at that time when he took it from his brother. What is his name? Lo, was it Lono?
0: Kyabe wait was Kyabe that was Umi's son.
1: Kiave was, yeah, Kyabe was Kiave was Umi's son. Both had the same story. Um, but forget who Umi's brother was. He was fighting for his brother for the crown when um Liloa died. Have it in my notes downstairs. But anyways, um Umi was the bastard child, the Lepo Popolo. His dad went go screw around on his. I mean, not screw around because marriage wasn't like that at that time. Anyways, he had a he had a lower child.
0: Yeah, the second. Gave, or like, yeah,
1: yeah. He gave his Mahi Ole, his Ahuula, and his Le pal- Palawa to the the woman, and he yeah. said, "When my son he starts asking questions, salam come look for me." And so he did. And on his journey, he runs into the street kid. P. Myva mm, was the first one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he ad- adopts him. <laughs> adopts him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Adopts him. (laughs) That that was the word Hanai. Yeah. When you're writing. writing But Hanai
0: means to feed. So he could have just been like giving him food.
1: It's brought up. You know what I mean? Like, so, anyways. P.E.M.I.V.A. is in a lot of those stories where like they go through war together, they go on journeys together, and P.E.M.I.V.A. is always the answer. There was this one story where they were fighting in Hana. And I forget the name of the chief that they was fighting at that time is when he was helping Umi's son, um Kiha, and Kiha was trying to take back the throne from Lono, a Pi'ilani, they were fighting for Pi'ilani's reign, and Keave, coming from Umi, and they're related in that respect, took Umi's men over, and Pi'i Maiva'a jumped in on the um, on the support gang, the second fleet, they docked in Wailua, and when they went around to Hana to go take that mountain, it had um. Something Makua, what was his name? Uh I forget. But had chief that was I was in charge of Hana at that time. And um they made a dummy, like a fake person at night to stand watch, and it looks like a huge person. And so they kept throwing rocks at it and throwing muttons at it, and the guy kept standing, like, oh, this guy's on hammer, he's not going down. And the sun would come up, and then Hana would hold it down, and nobody could freaking um like take over, right? And then when they slept, P.E. Maiva'a and P.E. to Pali, and he figured out it was a freaking dummy. So he threw it off the cliff and then he killed everybody. Kick everybody's ass. Piles and piles on bodies on bodies. And I just always appreciated how dependable P.E. Maiva'a was. Like, oh, of course. Of course he pops up again. And he pops up in another chapter. Like, he's just, he's just always around. Solving everybody's problem. Wiping everybody's ass and not getting any other credit. And I just appreciate that. Nobody listens to him until it's his, like, everybody else's plan goes to shit. I just really appreciated, have a deep appreciation for that guy. So, that's my meh, is beating my vata. I
0: like that. I like that it's not, like, a freaking cliche one, you know? So, that's super killer. (laughs) So, going back into fighting, like, what was one of the most memorable fights you had? And, like, why was it memorable for you? Ooh
1: prestige wise would have to be my pro debut only because i fought this guy his name was joy von blankenberg this guy he was training out of gracie techniques at the time i fought him before and i was going through all kinds of stuff i missed weight because i had staff in my foot i had to go be on antibiotics and i was all like screwed up like that and i wasn't feeling like on and in the amateur fight I threw a, a sloppy leg kick, and he came right down the middle with a right hand. Boom! Put my lights out, sat me down. And in the panic, I'm like, oh, discombobulated, right? And I go into for a panic. I panic double leg. That's an amateur move. And he sunk in the gilly, and he's choking me. My legs are freaking flopping in the air. It's on YouTube, dude. You can watch that fight. It's on YouTube. And I'm not tapping. I'm a freaking hammer. I don't give a shit about that. You have to kill me. And he did. I went out. I was sleeping, you know? Next thing I know, I'm i thinking, thinking I'm naked. I don't know where my pants is. I'm, there's people all over me. Like, I was, I was out, right? Cool. Fast forward, maybe a year later, a year and a half maybe, uh, pro debut. And I got matched up to rematch him again on Destiny. And um, give me a second. I got to plug my laptop in. I'm about to die. Hold on. Here. here. Um, so I ended up getting matched up to fight him again. And I ended up beating him. So it was a, I didn't finish him. I got the, I got a split decision and you know, hometown advantage, right? I got a, I got a split decision and I ended up beating the guy that put me to sleep on my first fight ever. I had all my friends. I had my, my dad was there. I had a lot of, I had a lot of friends from Oahu that were there and I partied all night long staying in a $800 hotel room that I got sponsored for. I was freaking living my best life that night. I felt like the King of Hawaii in that, that night. And, That probably meant more to me because I got to recover from a loss, but I got to prove to myself that like, Oh, I'm pro now. Like I can, I can, I think I can do this thing. You know, all my amateur stuff, I was eight and four as an amateur. And I was doing that route for a while. And you know, that's just kind of practice. Like it's just to kind of let you see if this is something that you want to pursue. And my debut was like my first true test, you know? So that that's what the most memorable one for me.
0: So you lost your last amateur one.
1: Colonel um I had a couple of I had a couple of fights between Joey and that fight.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So Went, you bounced back after then that after yeah. that loss. Oh, solid, bro. And you got the freaking Went. Izzy moment.
1: <laughs> kind of, you know, like not not to the same prestige, but I didn't get the finish, but he's a good guy too. Like he's he's a, he's a really nice guy, really really skilled fighter, but it just that night was my night.
0: Yeah. Was the, so wait, the fight with Thomas was pro?
1: Yeah, that was my second pro fight. Okay. I was so scared.
0: mean, bro, like, so, like, how does that whole process work, like, going from, like, getting an opponent to, like, choosing to walk out to, like, because, ho, butterflies yeah. before a fight is no joke.
1: Oh, I am the worst, bro. I am the worst head case before a fight. Uh, this past one wasn't as bad. But the one right before that, holy shit, my bro. Like, okay. so oh, this guy I was fighting. His name's Keanu, Keanu. I'll walk you through how my brain works, right? Keanu Moyer. I'm like, oh, Keanu, he's a one Ah, this guy, he spells it Keaneo. K-E-A-N-E-O. That's one fake-ass Hawaiian. He's, he, his mother probably went on vacation in 1990 and fell in love with the security hey, guard. Wait, how does he crazy.
0: spell it?
1: K-E-A-N-E-O. Keaneo. But he says Keanu. I don't know. I'm saying his mom went to Hawaii (laughs) in the 90s and fell in love with a security guard at Mai Tais and went, What's your name? Oh, it's Keanu. I'm going to name my son after you. (laughs) Was all Jag, wrote it down on one napkin, all Kapakahi, and then we name her son the wrong name. That's Mm. what I think happened.
0: No, guarantee, bro.
1: I'm I'm going to beat this fake-ass Hawaiian. I'm Hawaiian as fuck. You know, like, oh, what if I'm this Hawaiian and then this fake Hawaiian beats me? And now I'm like, oh, no, no, no. that. look at his record. He's three and three. All the guys that he beat, they suck. This guy's got a padded record. He's got nothing to do with the best. I get fight with the best in the world every day. So what if he's that bad? And then I lose to him. That means I'm worse than him. So I'm going back and forth like this, right? The whole time. I go through that every single fight. I don't know where that came from, but it is the, I am, I will never lie about that. I'm always nervous. I am always anxious. I'm always excited. I'm always cocky. I'm always scared. I'm all of that in a, in just on steroids, and it's it's a bad time up here. You don't wanna be in my head during a fight camp. It's the worst.
0: Uh your last one, was, your last one when you was Olaying before your fight, that was pretty hammer.
1: Up until I call my name. That's when it goes away. Reason why I do ha is to get rid of myself as let me let me kind of break that down. Ohaka oh, cross, crossed, you know, the Aumuana. Aye, aye, aye. It's a it's a shelf, You, know, you become a medium. Oh, okay, 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 okay. You know, it's we have what we call. You know how they have the pukana in Aotearoa? Hi. Yeah, and you know before battle in Samoa they do the the fa'aumu. You know they let they let everybody know that some big dick is coming and I'm taking your shit. In Hawaii we have what you call luai. That is to regurgitate, to vomit. If you look at the dictionary, it also means to ward off
0: people. Yeah. Right? So
1: also when you do the aihā'a, you're lower to the ground and you're more um, centered. Not necessarily to the floor, but to the aina, to the everything that's not human. Right? So when you expel your wailua, you're not a human anymore. You become a haka become a medium so the spirit that you call upon whatever spirit that was this this time around i called on Lulumoku, my family ancestor the shaker of the earthquakes and the tectonic plates called on Kukai Limoku, the land snatcher going to a foreign place to you know bring that back to us that's who i called on that's who entered my body so all my nervousness i'm in love i'm scared i'm mad i'm you know all of that comes out when you haa, when you haka, when you aha, all of that human, like characteristics, comes out. Now I'm now I'm just the vessel. That's what you saw when I walked in there. That wasn't me in there. It just flips a switch. That's that's what the power of this stuff does. Real dangerous. You gotta watch which, which akua you freaking. Call yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You're bro. That's hammer.
1: Yeah.
0: Straight up. That's
1: the. That's that. And how my mental space is for fights. It's. It's all over the place.
0: So you grew up speaking um, your first language. Like, would you get or what are like the best tips or pointers you could give to somebody like myself that is like still learning? And yeah, just on my on my growth journey.
1: I'm speaking out of pocket and out of place speaking to you because it was easier for me to learn because I was so young. And my brain was a sponge. So I was always getting it from all kinds of angles in my mouth, in my ears, up my ass, everywhere. Hawaiian was everything. But I never had to decompartmentalize my mind. I did it backwards. Like I learned English after my mom taught me English after Hawaiian immersion. Right. So I didn't have to like turn that switch on and off. Like I had to, I, I mean, I had to switch on and off, but I never had to like create my own switch. So for you, I know that it's difficult. Um, my dad taught himself. You know, and he learned through books, and he learned through the um, grandmother and speaking to us as kids because we were baby talking, yeah. Mm. So because my dad was learning baby talk and talking to his babies, it was easier for him to learn with us. That's that's kind of how that worked out. But for you as an adult, I would say you would have to do it the same thing. The only challenge that you would have is to decompartmentalize your mind and erase that part of you when you're learning about Hawaiian stuff something doesn't make sense to you, instead of comparing it to the other, like, oh, that's not like this. Forget this. Just saying this is hard and stick with this. You yeah. know? And I would just pour every kanaka possible resource in there. Like, listen to Hawaiian music. Here, listen to the old Hawaiian records where the, where the kupuna are talking in Manaleo. All
0: right, Manaleo.
1: Maybe, maybe when you hit your foot on the coffee table when you're taking a piss at 3 o'clock in the morning, instead of saying, ah, shit, just say, awi.
0: Bro, you know, you, no, like, that's so funny you say that because my girlfriend, like, I was doing this subconsciously, but like, my girlfriend was like asking me yes or no questions while I was taking a shower, and I was like responding with I, and she was like, What? I was like, Oh shit, sorry, babe. You
1: know, instead of, instead of, or, you know, salute, we say, we say Hola.
0: Oh.
1: I'm always literal cheers. How We say, Ah
0: Oh on, hoi hoi.
1: Get up. M A. Oh, come
0: mo. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So,
1: um, so, is that just like, just little, just little things, you know, maybe instead of eating three scoops of rice and mac salad, put one, put one lump of poya on your plate. Maybe go buy Uwala. Like, oh, Pololu is so, it's easy because nobody gets taro patches. Right, if you in Hawaii, you get access, bro. Go make one friend make money, go freaking go to sweet brother's garage and he give you one back boy i don't know but there's a will there's a way there's always gonna be a reason not to do something there's never gonna not be a reason to do it instead you know what i mean you just gotta it's important if you make it important and to some people it's just not that important that's fine always gonna get hawaiians doing hawaiian things you don't need to be one of those we get plenty on our side bro it's plenty for take your place if you don't if this isn't for you we're not going to ostracize you for it. At least that, uh, that's not where I'm at anymore. If you'd rather sag your pants to a Gucci belt wrapped around your ass and rip gang signs or whatever, that's on you, bro. Like, That's cool. I'll, I'll let that go already. Like, There's different Hawaiians for different things. and When you're ready, come around. We're more than welcome mm-hmm. to get plenty weeds for pool, get plenty grass for cut, bro. Always going to get something for doing on the farm. Come around when you're ready.
0: Hell. That's why. Oh. So what is like your main goal that you want to accomplish through fighting? Like, are you trying to make it to the UFC? Are you trying to become a champ in one of the other promotions? Like, how far are you trying to go with this? And then what do every, you want to accomplish with it?
1: Every accomplishment fight related to me specifically, is just icing on the cake. My purpose in the cage, yeah, I'm not the best at fighting. Fighting is the best thing that I do so the reason why i'm here is to bring kanaka stuff i am the haka of lahui in this route in this kaha that i'm in i'm going to take it as high as i can if it happens to be ufc bottom 15 even just getting my foot through the door and i don't do well that is the highest i can go then i'll be okay with that if i end up being in bellator 1fc pfl anybody that wants to pick me up then Hawaiians can look at these things in the most modern times possible. Get one kanaka in there. Get one, like how I saw Rude Boy in 2008, Troy is dancing with his flowers on his legs, doing this kind of army action. Somebody's going to see a mahi ole. Somebody's going to see a malo at the way in. Somebody's going to see and hear Hawaiian, you know, somebody's going to hear ole lo Hawaii and, and recognize it as ole lo Hawaii. I am the only person in the history of ever that has ever uttered Olelo Hawaii in an octagon. If, it, if I end up taking it to the UFC, that'll be more history making. This high right here that I fly, that's the royal insignia, right? This high was the one that they put in every, every vessel
0: of the... Whether
1: it be a car, whether it be the palace, whether it be a, be boat. a boat. They hung that flag high when had the Alpuni of Hawaii, the Mo'i Hawaii was in there. I hold that flag because I'm emulating that we come from them, right? Yeah. It's not in the literal sense that they're there, but get royals there. in this house. <laughs> so when I take it on the kahua with me, I carry them with me. That's why I do that. The, the last time anybody flew that flag in any places like the places that I've been was in the 1800s. That's the last time somebody flew that flag there. So I could die tomorrow and My kaha is cut already. Somebody else just has to take the reins and go off. If it's not me, it doesn't have to be. I just want us to be able to be pushed forward in every avenue as much as possible. Iyam Tongi is another one. American Idol. Just like the the highest of highs for every kanaka out there to the top. That's what I want to see. So with fighting, that's what I want to do with fighting. And if this is as high as I go, I did my job. Maybe it's not going to be me. Maybe it's going to be somebody's kid that I teach 10 years from now. I don't know but you know no one's gonna do it if i don't do it that's what i'm trying to do
0: mike cut you bruh beautifully said so what are some other hobbies that you enjoy other than punching people in the face and putting hooli in the ground i mean i'm kind of
1: i i really take advantage of just relaxing and doing nothing i'm an anime weeb oh bro what anime do you watch yeah, that's why I, that's why i focused on your glasses i'm into one piece i mean naruto is kind of basic dragon ball z is kind of basic attack on titan demon slayer seven deadly sins you know um uh, again that toriko one where it's about food like there's all like there's a lot of different animes that i'm like into um berserk was a good one um v- finland saga on netflix i just started watching it was pretty good season two is kind of ass but
0: Bro, you you learn to love it. It's a, it's a different pace, but I appreciate
1: the character, the character development. Yeah, kind of give us season
0: one. Yeah, no, because it's um, not. It wasn't even supposed to be like it's because season one is just showing you like how nuts like that stuff even is, bro. Like humans aren't supposed to be doing that to each other.
1: They really targeted like the PTSD thing, and and I could appreciate, but it was just like. I don't know, man. That's, like, animes where I go to escape and where cutting people's heads off is okay. So I'm like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me like uncle. His uncle bro, is like a
0: freaking man. Let he me pitch this camera. idea to you because I feel like you at least know, like, more people in spaces than I do. But why is there not an anime centered around Hawaiian Mo'olelo in Olelo, Hawaii? That'd be so cool, bro. Would that not be the craziest production... Please.
1: Dooling Chiefs is the Game of Thrones that's real life. This shit really happened. All of that Game of Thrones shit, it's based off true stories and true characters, but they're all rearranged around throughout history. They were Those characters were never all together. These motherfuckers were real breathing shit, like poi pounding coconut-throwing, spear-chucking guys. Like, they're real. Like, yeah. why wouldn't we do this? So, I mean, Jason Momoa's kind of doing his thing with, like, the whole Kaiana into Kamehameha line. And we'll see how that goes. I have high hopes for that. But, like, we could easily translate that into cartoons. No need higher actors. I can do different voices for you. Like... <laughs> I can talk like this. I can talk like... Like, I can do it. I can do it.
0: Like, just... Mike, I know. No, no, no. Yeah. That'll be fucking killer, though. Yeah, that's honestly, like, something I want to advocate for. Because, bro, I know we have kanaka artists. I know we have kanaka actors. Like... Make something about our mo'olelos, bro. Cause like, bro, I our stories is, the- is way more is, the- epic than like the Greek stories or like I don't know.
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's more or less, but it's just it's on the same level. It has the potential to blow the motherfucker up, bro. It's crazy. The system behind that. It's it's so it's such an untapped market, and I wouldn't want like the wrong people to do it. Just, like, I mean, one, Hawaiians is into, like, one foot on sand, one hand high in a can, reggae music. Yeah. All
0: right?
1: like, that there are people that are working on video games. Like, I, I, know, I know somebody that, that is working on a project with that. And I know somebody that's also working on, like, a comic book. So, there is potential there to, like, turn the comic book into, like, a live-action anime. Maybe if, like, Funimation picks it up or whatever. Like, I don't know what kind of connections that you'd have to pull to
0: get that done, but... Yeah, that'd be wild. Or even like a smaller freaking animation like, studio where it doesn't even need to be Funimation. It could be like OEV TV. Yeah, like a like
1: a six like a six episode like how they do with Disney Plus. Yeah, or days. something,
0: cool. bro. That would be big time. Like it would be so nice like visualizing like Pele and Hiyaka and all you of that. You
1: know what I mean, right? Like when it comes to like innovating into like twenty, that's the shit I'm talking about, bro. Like, that's what I want to see for everything. Bro,
0: my pet peeve is when Kanakas are like, I have a few friends that are kind of like, their Mana'o isn't really. And they're like, bro, if it wasn't for America, Hawaii would blah, 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 I'm just <laughs> like, bro. a lot of people. Do you not even understand that Hawaii was ahead of America in so many ways, bro? Like, Kanakawa literally, like, He was so progressive and it's so irritating how, like, you think that they brought us things that we had first. If if Hawaiians never, if America didn't come around,
1: Hawaiian wouldn't have internet, Hawaiian wouldn't have plumbing, Hawaiian wouldn't have Wi-Fi. You know who else has Wi-Fi, plumbing, and internet, and and plumbing, and whatever I just repeated myself six, seven times? The whole fucking planet! Everybody has that shit, and it wasn't America's fault, okay? Get out of here with that. Oh, well, if America didn't do it, uh, you'd be Japanese or Russian or German right now. Oh, yeah? Can I rape you? If I don't rape you, somebody else is going to rape you. And you're lucky if I rape you because I'm nicer. That's how you sound.
0: You're stupid. Bro, that Japan... Like, I hate how they say, it, like, oh, other countries would have did it. But it's like, no, they wouldn't. We had treaties signed with them. And they, are like... Stupid. They recognized well, us. My
1: point is, okay, like, we can play the what-if game. Like, if this happened, maybe this would have happened. But the fact of the matter is... That's, that's all fake. Like it's all That's all imaginary and hypotheticals. What really happened is America said, hello, you can trust us. And we're like, okay, here's some land. And then they were like, just kidding. I'm betraying you. Bro,
0: and, and it's <laughs> even worse than that. It's like rich hollies. That's literally what it... Rich business, Sugarman, felt that they were powerful. That they could go to our king with a bayonet and make him sign some bullshit-ass constitution. And then... Make like that holds power, bro. That's the irritating thing. Is like none of those fucking documents have any validity, and like they're trying to like hold it like as law. It's like fuck (laughs) you guys. Do the research. There was no treaty. You can't sign a fucking. You can't sign a fucking document under duress. A bayonet. That's
1: all like arguing. That's all arguing ignorance, right? Like when you have those arguments with those people. Look at the people who's saying that stuff. Of course they don't. Of course they think that. Like. They don't they don't have like the the space and capacity in their brains to look at it from a different perspective. And they never learned anything. All of a sudden you tell them these things and they go, oh, they're really just speaking out of pocket and they don't know shit.
0: Bro, it's crazy to me that there's places in town where we still like honor the people that like did so much heaven in Hawaii. Like, oh, like, bro, rename those places back to the original shit. Stop fucking. Stop changing. Bro. Straight up, Alexander and Baldwin too. Those fricking are buying up literally every piece of Hawaii. And it's like, when is our leaders going to make it stop? Like, it's irritating how all of our elected officials, or most of them, are, like, people not even from here. It's like, how is that even possible? Because, like, one, what the fuck do they know about Hawaii and what we'd want? And two, like, bruh, they're literally just using here as a stepping stone to get wherever the fuck they're trying to go after. It's like, bruh, they're not going to care about the long-lasting effects of the bullshit they fucking put into place. We got to live through it.
1: Inamina,
0: Our way. Stay yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. My bad, my bad. So, my favorite spot to grind in Maui is Tasty Crust. Shouts out. Mm. What is your hammer spot to eat on Maui? So I can go next time. Bro, modest kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if <laughs> the invite is open, I'm down for a review. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I go go talk story with them, but, um, Sam Sato's is a good spot. Um, I think Sam Sato's is my favorite place to go, but honestly, bro, like asking me about food is like, oh, actually uh, the food trucks in, across the street from Costco, those ones is all good. Um, I, I I like the street food too. All of that. They get like one, one parking, um, one little parking zone in, um, in Haiku in that shopping center. You get one one local grown truck over there, and then they have like a Mediterranean spot. It's a good little, it's a good little, we like in the bushes that you can that you're gonna find on the way to Hana and whatever.
0: Bro, so in the chat right now, we're talking about good spots to eat in Maui. Yeah, one of the viewers goes, nagasako's no koi, and then this what? other this other viewer goes, Don't listen to this guy. He puts ketchup on his lalala. <laughs>
1: Only put ketchup on dry lao lao, okay? (laughs) If you just made them good, I wouldn't have to do that, okay? (laughs) I don't do that all the time. It was one video and one joke, and at least I'm honest with myself. All you guys is lying and putting sugar on your poi and just not telling everybody, okay?
0: That's classic. Get off
1: my back. If you if you know how to throw spears and throw on one molo and get one headshot and one coconut from 15 yards, then you can eat whatever you like. OK, <laughs> like C. I thought. <That's> <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Teleporting. Teleporting. <laughs> I hate. Tra- oh, OK. Bro, I, I hate flying to- too. Yeah i don't
1: like going anywhere i don't like driving to work i don't like flying to idaho i don't like
0: going would anywhere. it be I teleporting like, be- like like the movie jumper or would it be like um like a different like how how would it work
1: um i guess jumper would would be the one because like all i have to do is look at one picture right
0: yeah you gotta like visualize but you get the you get the you get the scary um samuel L. jackson chasing you though he can follow you through your little jumps
1: Follows him, I would just hug him and teleport him to the sky so he hits the pavement. People are stupid; they don't know how to. These people don't know how to fight. This guy was a like like a like a bum trailer trash boy that got bullied in school, got dunked in a lake, didn't know how to freaking live his life and defend himself. I would have, yeah my brother, I got you. Boom, oh, fucking out the top of the Empire State Building, splat. Nice try. That's what I would do. How hard is that? It's just because people don't know how to fight. That's why anyways I bro, the movie would
0: be really? done if he was the main character straight up <laughs>
1: <laughs> it wouldn't even last bro. and then um if you because if you're like um if you're like a Zazel or kurt ogner from um x-men uh-huh. they can only teleport they can only teleport to where they what see what they see so yeah sh-
0: like they cannot even yeah, go not- to the horizon
1: can't even go to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> like this kind of shit <laughs> could just be here from my, the other side of my room but, yeah uh, that's
0: jump- that's classic <laughs> Fucking, um, I feel like my superpower I would choose was to be control time. Like, kind of like a click remote, but more, like, in my now. But the reason being is because, like, I would want to go back in time to see, like, how the fuck shit was made. Like, pyramids, hell. Bro, even hell. Like, they're literally half pyramids if you fucking look at them. Like, it's just so nuts, bro. Like, there's this one um Heow in like Micronesia and it's literally like basalt pillars stacked like a log cabin, bro, and I just trip like how the fuck could people make that back then. But yeah, pause. I would want to control time to go in the past, go in the future, pause time if I ever get into a yeah. scrap so I can like fucking get a few hits in before <laughs> or slow mo when we're actually fighting. <laughs> mm. But yeah, controlling time would be a killer one.
1: That's a good one. I would go back and see everything.
0: Oh, yeah, I hope that happens. Like when I holler. like that's that's exactly what I
1: what I say every time. Like when I go, I like go back and see all the stuff. Yeah, all the questions.
0: I just want to know everything that I ever wondered. I want
1: to see who ate Captain Cook. I want to see who did that.
0: I really want to see who um, who freaking, who built the pyramids, bro?
1: No, I didn't build the pyramids they never have diabetes. It was all healthy. They never have gout by the time they was forty.
0: <laughs> do you um, are you familiar with that new theory that they have that like there was like a ancient civilization like at the end of the last ice age that like probably freaking was built by like pre-Egyptians and then the Egyptians built over them. I'm not. I'm
1: not familiar with it, but I wouldn't doubt it for a second.
0: Yeah, Those yeah. That's... Be, well, that doesn't shock me.
1: It, I, for me, like any kind of history, like beyond contact of like, you know, industrial science or civilization, I don't believe a word of it. I just see them as theories. But if you tell me another theory, it wasn't. It wouldn't surprise me. I believe in aliens.
0: Oi, I think that. Uh, I think that's a thing. So. Like, do you think that aliens are like just watching us and like not interfering or they're among us and like we just don't know yet?
1: I would, say, I would say a little bit of both. I don't think that there's like a secret like I don't think it's that deep where they're like watching our every move or whatever. I think they're just like okay these guys are them. Let's like uh, kind of let them you know. I definitely think that there's life outside of this planet. I don't think that we're that special. Okay. Like it's a very, that. it's a very American way or a human way of looking at things. It's very selfish. I don't think that humans are that special in the universe. I just think that we're just so happened to be allowed to exist. Yeah. So plants, animals, rocks, and shit. Like,
0: yeah, it's not thought there's like rocks like in space too. Yeah. If you think about it, like, just chilling there. Uh. <laughs> there's there's,
1: Yeah There's too many There's too many Unanswered questions There's no way That there's no other Life outside
0: So and, What is um, One of the biggest Misconceptions People have about you That Yeah that you know About that ain't true Honestly common misconception Is
1: that I'm Mean I'm a really nice guy You know, like, they see my ears. They see my bald ass head. And it's also like, I am mean, okay? But I mean to people who deserve it. All right? I'm not that stereotypical. I'm going to beat you up if I'm mad at you. First of all, I'm 4'11". Like, I can't beat up too many people. Just women and children and guys my size that don't know how to fight. Mostly. Okay? Like... I'm only mean to people if you're stupid like I don't have anger issues if you weren't stupid I wouldn't be angry and mean to you just be better you notice everyone that gets along with me aren't stupid <laughs> so that's that's the misconception of of how you look at me and how I look at things people think that I care about what other people think about me and I don't you know what you see is what you get I really have no secrets if you ask me anything I'll tell you and I've got no shame you know and that's to my fault sometimes like that kind of bites me in the ass every once in a while but I just I feel like there's just there's too many people all over the world that's taken already so I'm the only me I'm the only Pololu on this planet literally in every shape of the word the name the person the thing you know like why be anybody else
0: Ew, I like that (laughs) so what are some of the most rewarding aspects of both of your professions whether it be fighting or like i wouldn't say like malamaina is a profession but it's definitely you like perpetuated yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so i would say that the most rewarding thing that i can take from from fighting and farming is you can see the results you know and everything is on you you know the fight by itself as a nature, it has a winner, it has a loser, it has action, right? I know there's water, there's earth, everything is there at your disposal. You are the one that's the instrument that dictates the outcome. If you do really well, knock somebody out in 30 seconds. If you run far, you do a lot of work, you can, maybe you get abs in the in the way in <laughs> see the results, right? And maybe like you train a certain way. You can see the punches coming you can see all these things coming to you there's there's palpable and like something physical that you can hold on to that you can see the results of your labor and you know maybe maybe the lessons that you have to learn that's like if you're getting sleep if you're if you're getting dropped on your ass maybe don't panic for a double leg maybe just sit down and take your time and recover maybe instead of putting too much potassium in the soil you get that triple sixteen, and you get like the different kind of fertilizer. Maybe you switch to freaking bone marrow and blood and blood um, fertilizer and natural products. So you can see the, you see what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. you can you can add different things in your kalo, in your water, in your mud to see
0: what affects the, it, how it affects how it.
1: At, how you take it home and you make it for your family, and they're full. They don't, they don't gotta go store go buy poi. They get too much sugar inside, and they don't gotta. Um, go buy one lao that's dry so they got to put ketchup on top and itch him out, you know? Maybe you just have all of these physical attributes that comes from you and your relationship with the akua that's already sitting there. With apahana, Moku, haumea and kanelua. Like, you have these relationships with these different akua and there's physical fruits of your labor. That's what that's what I think is the most rewarding. And It doesn't just reward yourself. It, it awards everyone around you
0: yeah so facts well frick bro this is like probably one of my favorite pods i ever did like i kind of don't want it to end bro is there anything else you want to talk about
1: i mean not really brad just keep being kanaka unapologetic hawaiian as fuck kanaka forever never ever ever settle for less you know I always, I always, always, always try to implement kanaka into everything that I do. From something as simple as wearing one pau or one lava lava when you're downstairs cooking cooking dinner. I don't recommend bacon. I burnt my stomach wearing a shirt. Maybe put on one ahula or something. I don't know. But anyway, just trying to incorporate Hawaiian things in everything that you do. Some way, shape, or form as much as you can. The reason why Hawaii is so behind is because we were never afforded the opportunity to play with it because it wasn't ours. There's a time gap. There's a blip between 1890 and 1976. Now is our time to elevate. That's how we ensure our survival. The most important thing in this life to me is the survival of my people, our people. So that's how you do that. As long as we're making Hawaiian kids saying Hawaiian words, it's a fuck you to the system, and we're never gonna die. We're never gonna lose. That's it. Boya right.
0: Well, Roger, bro. Finally, what does aloha mean to you? Um, I think we, I think we covered that, right? Um,
1: aloha is conditional. Don't stretch yourself too far. Be careful. Uh, the condition of aloha and unconditional and everything that it was. Worked for them at that time. Aloha yourself first. Aloha your family first. Aloha your community first. Then you can stretch everybody else, in. Because if you're not solid, your family not solid. Be healthy, strong, pono. Eat when you're supposed to eat. Sleep when you're supposed to sleep. Take care of yourself. Because if you don't have that, your aloha is worthless. That's when aloha goes to die. Be careful with it. That's what aloha means to me.
0: All oh, right, on bro. Mahalo for your time, your mana'o, your freaking, your everything. I really enjoyed this. Um, and yeah, bro. I hope we can stay in touch. You
1: no, know, I am mahalo you, bro. This is a haka for us, guys. Guys in our age group, there being Hawaiian is is okay now. It's attractive. It is appealing. It's a lot of work. So when I see guys like you putting work with your weapons and putting work with your this You know Never had this 10 years ago you know? So that's cause of you bro You keep doing that work And you keep networking And making money With all these other kanakas Keep pushing us You're doing good work
0: Right on bro I'ma hollow that a lot Hey one of, one of our comment Or one of our viewers To take it off They say Hawaii went from being The first nation With colored ink on newspaper And lights before The Buckingham Palace And now we behind In a lot of areas Because of our Government
1: so my question to that person is we know what the problem is right what are you gonna do about it
0: bro I was talking to Brenton he literally said like candidates they only needed like 8,000 votes to win and that means like 8,000 people their voices and opinions decided our lives bro like screw that we gotta vote but yeah right on bro I'm gonna hollow you a lot and I would definitely mm-hmm. be, yeah, I'll be in touch. You got a fucking lifelong supporter right here. And if you ever find yourself on Wahoo, brah, ahead yeah. of my oi. You know, yeah. Yeah. automatic. Oh, everybody. Thanks for a good ass stream.